combat time. Welcome to another episode of the Combat Time Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Yasin, and I'm joined by Jay. Hello, hello. And Josh. Hello, hello. How's everybody doing today? Doing all right. Doing all right. It's a very sort of peaceful Sunday afternoon, I'd say. Oh, it's for you. A hot, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a very, it's a very hot Sunday afternoon. <laughs> My Saturday was mostly peaceful because I spent a good half of it playing what we're talking about today, Mortal Kombat Kombat. 1. (laughs) A.K.A. Johnny Cage and his amazing friends. (laughs) In your opinion. In my opinion. No, this is is Mortal Kombat Sans Kung Lao. Yes, I'm sorry. But hey, you got Liu Kang, unless he really wasn't your bag. Uh, MK1, he's okay. I'll be honest. I rediscovered that he was kind of my bag. Uh, obviously, I played and beat the game multiple times for this podcast with Scorpion. But uh, I recall now that I did fall back on Liu Kang. Cause, and I discovered, too, that he's supposed to be kind of the uh, the beginner character. If this were Smash, he'd be Mario. Because not only is he a hero, he's basically the most basic character. Yep. His fucking moves yep. are forward, forward, high kick, and forward, forward, high punch. That's it. Pretty much. He's the main he's the main character in the game. He's at the center of the character selection screen, so the game actually wants you to pick up him first, and thusly, as a result, he is the easiest character in the game to play. That is all by design. I I miss not having a teleport though, you know. I'm Scorpion kid, so not uh, having me a, too, not man. Able to... you, you don't and te- uh, teleports are for noobs, man. Noobs and people that don't want to actually like do anything. They just want to like move across. Well, this game it. has a little uh, sort of uh, handicap in there, and we'll get to that when we talk about because uh, we're going to talk about a lot of aspects. We won't bore you with the history, but we'll talk a little about the history and, of course, uh, the software aspects of it, the differences of the games from system to system, and the little bugs and stuff. But uh, one thing that's interesting to note is the teleport doesn't behave the same as like modern mk players are used to you can't teleport out of a corner it's like it's like nope you're not going to do that trick sorry mm. so i guess we should actually say which game we're talking about we're talking about the original mortal Kombat from 1992 i believe i said that but yeah maybe i was screaming too okay much. <laughs> yeah we we screamed a lot uh and as <laughs> if the title uh isn't uh apparent uh and i believe we mentioned it if we have uh consistent listeners in the previous episode but yes we were talking about the original Started it all in 1992, Mortal Kombat. I almost said Mortal Kombat 2. For arcade, then ported to the Super Nintendo, the Sega Genesis, uh, Sega CD. Every and then later on, uh, DOS, MS-DOS, which is the version I played. Uh, we could all say like what we played as too. I played uh, the MS-DOS version, which is actually available on good old games. I'm not promoting for them. I paid five bucks just to have it and uh, i'm gonna gush about it later because it was a fantastic version of the game it's not exactly the dos game either it's it's the dos version but the audio is punched up to match the arcade and if you're gonna play at home it's probably the best fucking way to play it. i was quite surprised how much i enjoyed it and uh, 
And then basically on the flip side of that, I feel like I played the absolute worst version of the game because I play because I have like an SNES Mini, and I had and I bought a and I got one of those where I had a whole bunch of games emulated on it as well because you can do that with that thing. And I had Mortal Kombat One and Two emulated for me, and my version is a almost scaled down version of the SNES console version on the SNES Mini. So it is utterly horrible to look at and. I can safely say that is probably the worst version of Mortal Kombat 1 to play because the character sprites are just atrocious in that game. Okay, I disagree with you there. I'll, I'll agree with you and disagree with you because I did also play the Super Nintendo version. That's a version I grew up with. Uh, and I've got to tell you, Jay, I feel sorry for you because, yeah, boy, that version's so fucking slow. Yep. It's it's a slog to play through. But I'm going to I'm gonna disagree with you and the character sprites. They're, they've been lauded as the best looking sprites of the home versions because uh have you fucking looked at the genesis version lately um i will yeah let me tell you about that a little bit (laughs) (laughs) but uh maybe you just need to turn your crt filter on bro i'm not going to be one of those guys but uh you know they were designed to be looked at uh on an old school television and not an lcd yeah i'm yeah i'm looking at them i'm looking at them at like 10 i'm looking at them at like 1080p (laughs) so i will ask did you did you turn on the crt option no i did not well, that's there. You go. That's your problem. That's why it looks like shit. Because I I play the DOS version, which is almost identical visually to the Super Nintendo version, a little better. But my first thought was, Christ, this looks like shit. But then I turn on the CRT filter. And I'm like, oh wow, that's a lot more tolerable. They look like what I remember. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, depending on the filter you use, it might actually not be that. You know, I don't know the technical side of it. There's so many different like options and, and scaling and all that. But uh, no, dude. If you if you take an old school game and put it on a modern TV and don't do anything to compensate, it's gonna look like shit. And my first impression was that's not the Super Nintendo's fault; it's your TV's but, fault. So I will go ahead and say that I handicapped myself because I'm technology illiterate. That I was not your, only your Super that I was playing Super NES Mini literally has a CRT option on it. Yeah, and I never and I admit I never turned it on. So I was playing the chicken pot pie version of Mortal Kombat One on the SNES. <laughs> Hey, don't talk bad about chicken pot pie. I'm pretty good. I love chicken pot pie. Garbage. <laughs> anyway, uh, but you you also have the original, like you have the original SNES cart for Mortal Kombat One, right? Correct. Yeah. Is that how you played it this time? Uh, uh actually, no, no, no. Um, I'm lying because I don't want to sound like I don't know it. Uh, I had the original uh, SNES cart of Mortal Kombat Two. Um, oh, two. Okay. Yeah, which is why I was actually surprised that I like the DOS version so much because I bought the two cartridge uh, in the past few years recently. Because uh, if you recall our episode one, I mostly rented uh, the MK games as a kid. Uh, right. So I, I, I'd seen Mortal Kombat one, excuse me, for sale at my local like used game shop, and I just didn't buy it because I had already bought two. And let, let's be honest, you know, of course I avoided playing two. Uh, these past couple weeks, I know you, you you dipped in a little bit, but I'm gonna go no, in. I, I couldn't help it. Uh, I couldn't we help all, it. but we all admit it's pretty much universally accepted that MK2 is like the pinnacle. Uh, oh, so yeah. it's like I was like, I already own two. Why the fuck do I want that slow, clunky game of only seven characters? So I never bought it. So, but for this episode, yeah, I went ahead and downloaded the ROM uh, just to dip in and remember the SNES version, and then yeah, primarily I played the good old games GOG.com version of. Which just said is like fantastic. Uh, and for me, the one that I played the most uh, for this recording, I played the PC version that's on Steam. Oh well, the the 
Steam version, which is the arcade collection. So it's it's called Mortal Kombat Arcade Collection. It has uh, MK1, 2, and 3. Um, and these are uh, arcade ports, I believe. And yeah, the, that's the main one that I played. And it's, it's pretty good. It's like, it's so good as far as like compared to other versions. Because I also have a Sega Mini. Wait. Genesis. Sega right? Genesis Mini. It's SNES Classic and Genesis Mini, right? Oh, jeez. Uh, is that what they're called? Okay. <laughs> I think so. Whatever. I have I have the Genesis Mini. And I also uh, put a emulated ROM version of MK1 on there because it doesn't have it installed uh, default. So I tried that. And the the weird thing is that I tried that first. Um and I was like, oh, man, this is, yeah, this is, because uh, I, I haven't played much of MK1 before that. Like, I played it a bit when I was a kid, but I had borrowed it from somebody. So I never actually owned it or even rented it. So I only played it, like, a couple of times. So I was like, oh, this is, you know, for sort of what I remember. I remember it being kind of, you know, slow and clunky and, you know, didn't look as great as MK2 and all that stuff. So I was like, oh, this is pretty, this is pretty good. Then I then I was like, oh right, I have the Steam version. So I loaded the Steam version. Oh my god, it's so, so much, much better. better. Right? <laughs> it's so much better. I went back to the Sega version. It was like this looks like crap, and even to the point where like, you know, when you get up to like the endurance matches mm-hmm. and you you go like you go against the two people at once or whatever. On the Sega version, I don't know if it does it on the SNES version. When you beat the first person, they kind of jump off screen or bounce off screen. When you like defeat the first person, oh, they don't erupt into flame. No, like I think I, unless I'm mistaken, they just kind of like you do the last hit on them, and they kind of just bounce off screen like a JPEG, just like flying off screen. Yeah, the SNES version, they yeah just burst into flame. Yeah, they basically burst into flames. Which actually, I'll get into this later. You seen, but there is a trick to those endurance matches that you can do from a gameplay perspective that I will get into later. Interesting. I might okay, want to know cool. that because uh, the only time that I saw the opportunity to uh, fight Reptile was during those endurance matches. And uh, for the uninitiated to 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 beat fucking to fucking fight Reptile, uh, you have to win two flawless rounds without blocking and do a fatality. And you're gonna do that while fighting two people at once? Hell no. Uh, which does make me want to ask: uh, Did any of us? Uh, did, did any of us reach Reptile? No, or we suck. <laughs> But that's only in one. Uh, that's only in the pit stage, right? It's only in the pit stage, and it's only if you see silhouettes flying across the moon. Right. It's not any time, no, and, and, it, and it only does that. I think at the sixth time you play the pit. So by that time, you're at the, you're at the endurance challenge, and it's like, am I really going to do a double flawless and an endurance challenge? No wonder fucking reptile was impossible to find. Which I'll get to that too. Which he was kind of impossible to find. In fact, <laughs> uh, literally. Uh, in some versions of the game, but we'll get to that too. Yeah, because um, no, I didn't. I didn't. I never got to see reptile at all. Or so we saw him. We fucking. Um, that's yeah, the other thing much. too. Um, continues. Uh, the Super Nintendo version has free play. Uh, but the GOG version, uh, I don't know how your MK Collection version is, but it only has like five continues. So uh, the Genesis has continues. Uh, the arcade version on on Steam has free play, uh, which I also I also I also say, unfortunately, uh, the Mortal Kombat arcade collection on Steam is not available anymore. I got lucky oh. and I bought it like I bought it like several years ago, like seven eight years ago. 
when it uh, when I found it there. Same with uh, MK9 actually. Both of those <laughs> yeah. are not available on Steam anymore. We all know MK9 is unavailable. That's that. Huh? That's interesting. Well, I mean, yeah, for so anybody I, that I, hasn't, I, for anyone that has an itch to play it and they don't feel like emu, they don't want to emulate it. Uh, the the uh, don't emulate it because the GOG DOS port is the best way to play the game. Uh, if you feel like going through the trouble of uh, hooking up a gamepad to it, because the DOS version, believe it or not, when it came out in, uh, I believe, yeah, 1992, same year as the others, uh, might have been 93, uh, it was meant to be played with a keyboard. Fuck that. Oh. Uh, I, I bought an Xbox controller just to hook up to it, but it was a pain in the fucking ass. You got to... Uh, there's a program called uh, Joy to Key that will help you greatly, but you basically got to uh, set the controller in the game to keypad to keyboard, and then do a keyboard mapping thing uh, by pressing Control F1 and map it there, and then open this other program. It's a big load of horseshit, but once you got it, it's a perfect way to play it. Dude, that is terrible because I mean, uh, the Steam version. Literally, I just plugged in my Logitech controller, plug and play, boom, easy. That's why Nothing that's that's anything. why people buy consoles. <laughs> and then I, and then on the SE, and then on the SES Mini, like I'm over here just playing it. But the SES controller with the SNES Mini or Classic or whatever is not great. Like I'm, I'm over here just being kind of envious of you guys because you seen you got to play it on Steam, and if I could have played it like with my Xbox controller or heck even my arcade stick, that would have been way 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 better than the way I was playing it at home on my TV. And I kind of like wish that like okay, so when we start going into like MK2, I I might try and find a way to do that just because I mean, it's old school MK. Is a, is a Super Nintendo controller really that bad? Or at least the one the... for the at least the one with the mini is because like it's a very it's a very stiff controller and the way the button layout is set just by default by how the controller is actually constructed I'm not really a big fan of just because like on the Genesis controller for example the buttons are way way bigger and you've only got like three of them, but they're very easy to utilize for my fingers personally because I am a Genesis kid. But a Super Nintendo controller, ugh, I've never really been a big fan of it um, for the most part. Uh, Jay, Jay, I will say, I don't know. I, I mean, one one day I'm going to bring my Genesis Mini and we're going to play Mortal Kombat. It is not what you remember as far as like <laughs> playing on that controller. Uh, for one, I have both the three button and the six button controller. Six button doesn't work on it for oh, Mortal Kombat 1. That sucks. Uh, so I had to play with a three button controller, and it, it's, it's a chore because I can't imagine having to play Mortal Kombat with three buttons. Because like you have, because I think I think B and B is low. So high punch, you have to hit kick. like yeah, two buttons. At you have the to same hit like time. up. You have to like hit like up or something to do high punch. So then, if you have to do a fatality, you have to do. If it has a high punch, you have to do extra stuff. It sucks. Um, but I, I yeah, I played. That with the three button controller, MK2 works with the six button controller, which would be which is oh, fun to play. But it, it <laughs> the S the Sega uh, six button controller that connects to the SNES, the Sega Mini, it has a mode button on the on the top right. But I'm so used to Mortal Kombat having the block control uh, button on the you know the bumper. Yeah. That every time I want to block, I keep hitting mode, and it keeps like pausing my game. Ah uh, damn. <laughs> um, well, but yeah, Mortal Kombat. It, I don't recall being mm-hmm. able to pause Mortal Kombat, uh, except for in the Super Nintendo version, you could pause it during the latter uh, segments, but not in the actual match. What? Yeah. What do you mean? I mean, obviously, in the emulator, I could pause it, and playing like the DOS version, I can just like pause oh right, the right, DOS right, box. yeah, yeah. You don't, yeah. It's, it's the emulator, like the the 
I paused the emulator, like, not the actual game, because the game did right. not have a fucking pause button, except on the Super Nintendo version, at least, I know, on the latter animation, you could hit start and it would pause it. And on the Genesis version, uh, it wouldn't go to the match until you hit start. So those are like your moments to breathe, basically. But like, if your mom Pretty calls much. you when you're in the middle of the match, it's like, man, I'm playing fighting Sub-Zero, go fuck away. <laughs> you can't, <laughs> can't really stop. Um, I guess what we should, we should, uh, before we get into like, you know, sort of the, uh, history or production of the game, what are our thoughts, like initial brief thoughts of the game in general? Well, uh, I think I kind of gushed a little bit, uh, but, uh, having played the near arcade perfect version, uh, on GOG, I will say I'm surprised it. It actually holds up. It's quite fun to play when you're playing it at the proper speed and not like a 16-bit mm-hmm. chunky chunky. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can mm-hmm. go ahead and say the same thing. Like, uh, it's definitely a early '90s fighter type game where a lot of what you're used to in modern fighting games, like with all these different strategies and all these different techniques that you can utilize, their foundations are there in Mortal Kombat One. But it's actually sort of interesting when you play it that you have to kind of like how could I put it, not, like, unlearn some of this stuff, because this stuff didn't exist in Mortal Kombat 1. But you'd be surprised what is there that has always been there, but no one ever really took advantage of it, because maybe people didn't know those those fighting game concepts at the time. And it just for me, I'm like, oh wow, I can do this. Oh wait, no, I can't. This is not a this is not a modern modern fighting game. But at the same time, it's a lot of fun. Um, you, it, I'm, it actually surprised me about how strategic and how strategy based it actually can be if you want to play it that way so i i I definitely had a lot of fun with it um i think i'll have a lot more fun with mk2 obviously but you know it was it was kind of fun just to kind of go down that memory lane and play mortal kombat one and just for reference i did it the old school way where i'm just a kid sitting um cross-legged on the floor did you have your cereal (laughs) yeah 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 looking at my tv i wasn't like you know sitting on my couch with my fancy schmancy bluetooth you know, um, controller playing this stuff. I'm like, nope, wired controller. It only stretched so far. Sit on the floor and look up and, you know, prepare for all the back pain I'm going to suffer as a result of it. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did a similar thing where like, it's, it's so weird. The, the three button controller is, has a shorter wire than the six button controller. (laughs) So I did have to like pull up my chair a bit to like sit a bit close to the TV. even the SNES Mini uh, is way shorter on its core oh, the, than like the old oh, school. Oh, the Sega controller, like even the yeah, even the three button controller is longer than the. Because my fucking Super Nintendo, I can I can fucking hook it up and go way back and not way back, but I can sit comfortably in my big ass oak chair. You can go into the driveway. I, yeah, I could go out like the window <laughs> and just like hang out the window, and, like be playing, smoking a cigarette, being like, oh yeah, um, shit, that shit new. That, yeah, bet don't stare at the TV screen up close. It's bad for you. Now, 20 years mm-hmm. later, people are putting phones in little uh, viewfinders and staring at them. But, you know. <laughs> Old man. Oh, um, uh, yeah. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to echo the same thing. I, I was actually pretty surprised, uh, especially with the arcade version on Steam. How Absolutely. How well it plays. And how, like, it's just, you can feel that it's a groundbreaking game, I guess you could say. Like, for example, when you play, like, if you go back and play, like, Street Fighter 1, like, I've never played it, Street Fighter One. I've played a little bit of it, and it's it's a it's an okay game. It's not like going back in retrospect, 
doesn't feel doesn't have that impact. Like you don't feel you don't feel the groundbreakingness of the game until you get to Street Fighter Two. Right. I feel like you you still kind of get the, a bit of the groundbreaking thirty some years later with uh, uh what do you call it? MK One. Actually, I will um, stand corrected. Yeah, I think I played Street Fighter One briefly, and yeah, it's not much to write home about. But Mortal Kombat One. Yeah, I mean, it's super simple. Everyone only gets, like, two moves, except for Sonya. She gets three. Hey, Sonya, how come your yeah, mom gave you three whole moves? Um, uh, Johnny, Ca- John- Johnny Cage has three moves, by the way. Oh, yeah, that, that's right. Johnny Cage has three. He's got his nut punch. That's true. Um, I, I was I was going to say maybe it's because she was a last-minute addition. Yeah, as we'll learn, too. And she's also, as we'll probably learn when Jay, when Jay talks about tiers, she's actually, I discovered this myself, uh, too, she's the top tier. Um which is why I, I I dabbled in her a little bit too. I'm like, wow, her moves are weird. Oh, this is weird. Because all I've ever fucking played as a Scorpion. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's uh, the thing. I I a Johnny Cage. Yeah, I, I definitely experimented with a few more characters. Uh, I didn't play as Kano though. I did for a little bit. I should have experimented more than I did, but I just like I got addicted to beating multiple versions of the game with <laughs> my favorite. Um, and Kano, boy, he's strange. He's he, he's. Because all his moves require holding block. It's block and do yeah. like a circle to do the cannonball and block back forward to do the knife. And just that's, very strange. That's probably why he was not an addition in Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, just because like... Uh, yeah. Actually, no, there's a reason why he wasn't an addition in Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, but I'll get to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and that, and, and uh, excuse me. And Josh, we should probably like move on <laughs> to that. Yeah, we're kind of rambling about our uh, impressions of the game and just going to talk about our full review of it. But uh, yeah, we could dip back a little bit. Uh, history, uh, the significance of the game, how it was made, yada yada. Um, I feel like there's something I wanted to mention, but I'm sure it'll come up again. Uh, so yeah, I guess I could take it if y'all want and uh, just yep, give a yeah. little yeah brief thing. Uh, but basically, <clears throat> we all know... Uh, Ed Boon and John Tobias are the godfathers of Mortal Kombat, and it's funny to note that that wasn't something that was common to have the developers be like the rock stars, basically. Um, something similar happened with uh, fucking uh, John Romero and uh, John Carmack for, from Doom. Um, I didn't know who the fuck they were when I was a kid, uh, and maybe that's because they were more, you know, you had to be a hardcore computer geek. Uh, but I sure as hell knew who Ed Boon and John Tobias were. And maybe that's just because I, like, you know, by by the time MK2 and 3 came out, I'm reading interviews of them and, like, the strategy guides. But they well, both... What, I've, what, I've, what I read is that, like... Well, what I saw in a video was that, like, Mortal Kombat was one of the first games that, like, proudly displayed the de- development team's names at the end of the game. Right, I read that, too. With some of that, with some of that I guess, many games didn't do back then. Well... Uh, the, sometimes like the, the the companies didn't like that. They don't. They'd rather the the developers be you know in the shadows. It's like right, you're, right. You're a fucking you know a code monkey. Why do you need to be <laughs> you know? So, yeah. but there's a lot of workers in that, and they should be proud of it. So I think it's awesome that you know. Yeah, John Tobias, uh, who we'll get to, is the creative lead. Uh, yeah, of course he's gonna, be, you know, because he's fuck, he's fucking creating the story and the mythos. You know, that's fucking awesome. The designs, you know, yeah. Ed Boon, Ed Boon is is the code guy. He he makes sure everything clicks, which isn't a glamorous job, but I mean, still. And he's I also mean, doing something as groundbreaking as like digitized like images. 
Yeah. It's not not really groundbreaking because it wasn't the first game to do that. Uh, the Pit Fighter, uh, I think a year prior, did that too. So the right. idea, the idea of doing digitized actors was probably ballsy, but it wasn't groundbreaking. And the reason it came about is because, uh, well, to launch into it, John Tobias started at Midway, uh, which is a small history of that company. Uh, but uh, he worked on Smash TV, as many people probably know. But yep. one of his big things is he was unsatisfied with like the way the games he was working on uh, weren't fully taking advantage of the power of arcade you know, hardware, and he, like, really wanted to do... He had in his mind a game with really big sprites, you know, that could, you know, and really fast movement. At the same... uh, Shortly before that, uh, Ed Boon, when he started out, he worked for uh, Williams Electronics, who eventually bought part of Midway. Uh, He was just... They would just make pinball machines, and uh, Ed Boon would actually be, like, working on coding for pinballs and i think i read an interview where he was like i didn't even know they did coding for pinballs i was like yep nope you gotta code <laughs> for that um and eventually uh what happened uh midway there's a company called bally bailey uh shit i don't know how to pronounce it uh who's also a pinball company who uh bought a, a division of midway and formed like bally midway and that was their video game division and that's where uh tobias was and that's where boone ended up and that's where they both worked together in the same department working on games and Tobias, you know, drops his idea for, you know, this martial arts game, having a love of like martial arts movies, uh, you know, just including Enter the Dragon, including, you know, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, but others uh, more famous uh, that I failed to uh, write down. You see, you might be able to fill me out. Um, but he just basically had this idea of, you know, cool martial arts tournament game, uh, Let's take advantage of the hardware and, you know, do, like, digitized fighters. And, like, Ed Boon was feeling it, and they, they actually, like, you know, called uh, Dan Piscina, uh, who was a fr- a brother of one of their friends. And basically, Mortal Kombat coming together was basically a ragtag group of friends down to the actors. Because uh, uh, Carlos Piscina, who plays Raiden, uh, was friends with uh, John Tobias and Ed Boon. Dan Piscina says they would hang out and play D&D, but he's the only person that says that, so I would need to verify that. But they were friends. Uh, Dan Piscina says a lot of things that need to be verified. We'll, 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 we'll discover that as we go along. Um, but uh, they called him up because he is a martial artist, and John Tobias is like, Hey, uh, dude, I know you do martial arts. I, I'd like to shoot you. Like, not with a gun, but like I'd like to shoot you, you know. <laughs> Uh, and he was open to it. He's like, yeah, sure, dude. And they just were in talks about it. And that's when, so the whole legend about the Jean-Claude Van Damme thing, uh, gets kind of simplified and all that. But the way it happened, according to various sources, including John Tobias himself via Twitter. So you ain't going to trust anything, at least trust that. was basically, you know, he wanted to do this idea, but the higher ups in Midway weren't sure a generic fighting game would be marketable. Uh, John Tobias says it was more like them coming to the agreement that it wouldn't be marketable, but it sounds like it might have been more like, you know, they were presenting the idea and Midway was like, yeah, how about a, how about a celebrity? And how about we fucking do, uh, you know, Jean fought, Jean-Claude Van Damme wasn't the only idea. They also thought of Steven Seagal. Uh, John Tobias says they called his people and his people said, fuck off. <laughs> um, it's not the first time I've heard of uh, Steven Seagal and his people being dicks. Uh, not here to smear anybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
I recall, I recall Don Fry saying one time uh, that they his people walked out of the premiere of Godzilla Final Wars, and like Don Fry, in his own words, was like, hey, "Man, that guy's trash." <laughs> um, God bless Don Fry. Um, but then they went to Steven Seagal, but Steven Seagal was already, uh, was kind of hot to promote Universal Soldier and, uh, Ed Boone and Tobias were like, well, that's not really martial arts, but sure, whatever. Uh, but they made up, legend has it, they made up, I tried to find like video of it. I'm sure it exists in someone's, in a fucking cardboard box somewhere in a VHS tape, but they made up a video demo. Uh, taking images of Jean-Claude Van Damme digitized and like basically saying, here's what the game would look like. And like Van Damme's people were like, nay, not really digging it. We're going to do this Universal Soldier game uh, with this other company. Oh yeah, it never happened. So, you know, they they stepped out of that. And uh, around that time, Street Fighter 2, which came out, I believe, let's see, uh, 1991, February 1991, you know, fucking... Sell, you know, is successful in the arcades and is like blowing up the world, and so that's where they were like, okay, yeah, fuck it, do your do your fucking Enter the Dragon game or whatever the fuck ever. So, <laughs> uh, th- so then Tobias recontacted Daniel uh, Pacina, who along with a couple of the other uh, actors who would be digitized in this game were just hot off of doing stunts for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. Uh, and they were like, yeah, and so they started filming. Um, legend has it the game was basically put together in uh, 10 months. Ed Boone actually says it's eight months in an interview I found. Yeah, um, I actually can confirm that I've also heard it was put together in eight months. Yeah. so That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I mean, and it was only four people. It was Ed Boone as uh, the programmer, John Tobias as uh, yeah, the, uh, the fucking lead artist, uh, John Vogel uh, is the graphic designer, so he's responsible for like you know the backgrounds and like digitizing like you know assets. And uh, of course, we all know Dan Forden, Tusty um, Dan Forden, as uh, a sound design and music. That's fucking it uh, until we get to like you know porting over the games to other systems. Yeah, so uh, let's see. There's Daniel Pesina's uh, uh, Johnny Cage, and also plays the ninjas, uh, Scorpion and Sub Zero. Anytime he's introduced in a, a interview, they like to say, "I'm Scorpion and Sub Zero and Reptile and Noob Sa-. You're fucking one ninja, and you do a couple extra moves. <laughs> but not to not to belittle him, he was the highest ranked uh, martial artist. Uh, I didn't dig was up. It? Yes, dude. Well, I mean, at the time, no, at the time because he basically was the mentor to all the other actors. Because uh, let's I mean, see, like Liu Kang's. Uh, oh, is like- he higher ranking than Ho Sung Pak? AKA Liu Kang, I do not know. Other thing, like who, like he was a like professional like martial artist. He was because uh, the famous story too is he was in Hong Kong and bumped into Robin Shu, who apparently knows him. And Robin Shu is like, "Hey, how you doing here? What you having doing tea? Having tea down there?" Um, and Ho Sung Pat <laughs> said he was uh, leaving Hong Kong and getting ready to go to America actually to work on a video game. And Robin Shu's like, oh, "That's stupid." And also, like, uh, I saw an interview, well, the behind the scenes of, like, you know, making of MK1, uh, when they talked to Ho Sung Pak, uh, he says that he is, in, he talks about how he's uh, doing a movie with Jackie Chan at the time. Right, yeah. And that movie is uh, Drunken Master 2, a.k.a. Legend of Drunken Master, which one of my favorite movies and probably one of the best Jackie Chan movies ever. He plays one of the main bad guys in that movie. Which is awesome. That's actually a pretty cool tidbit of information. 
since we not too long ago watched, well, maybe it was a few years now, the original Drunken Master, which I enjoyed quite a lot, uh, and I saw that clip of Ho Sung Pat fighting Jackie Chan. Let's fucking watch that soon, dude. Dude, let's watch it. Luke yeah, Kang versus so Jackie good. Chan. Let's totally watch it. But yeah, uh, I, I should probably need to verify then who was the higher ranking at that time. But uh, Ho Sung Pak actually also was friends with John Tobias and his crew. He must just know martial artists. <laughs> so brought him on as Liu Kang. Um, but Daniel Pacina sort of acted kind of as like the, the, the mentor for all the other people. Because uh, there was Carlos Pacina, his brother, who played Raiden who was not uh, an experienced martial artist. Uh, he's just a dork. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, they're all dorks, let's be honest. So are we. Um, and, like, uh, Daniel Pacina actually credits uh, coming up with the idea for Raiden's get-up animation to be he just teleports back up because they were trying to figure out, like, he couldn't do the, you know, martial arts flip back up thing. And he's oh, like, well, up, he, yeah. yeah, he's a god, so just have him teleport up. And he takes credit for, like, that spawning the whole teleporting thing. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know because Scorpion already has teleport there too. We don't know. We don't know about that. But uh, there's uh, him. There was uh, Rich Divizio, which is a fun guy, who also is friends with John Tobias and Ed Boon, and who played Kano, uh, who would go on to play uh, Quan Chi, or model for Quan Chi for MK4. Uh, and he is an experienced martial artist as well. Uh, but, and then, uh, Sonya, as you said, you seen, didn't come on till later, because basically they were making this game, they were filming these actors, and, uh, they got, like, a test, a beta out, and they're like, okay, this looks good and all that, you know, there were some bugs in it, and they're like, you need some more fighters, so John Tobias went back to his extensive notes. If you ever look at his Twitter, it's like a treasure trove of lore. It's, It's like, so So awesome. Um, but... He had notes for, you know, other characters, and he started them out with, like, archetypes. Like, Liu Kang is the hero. Johnny or Johnny Cage, or Michael Grimm, as he was initially called, is the uh, sidekick. Uh, Sonya Blade started out as, uh, believe it or not, Curtis Stryker, who wasn't the Curtis Stryker we currently know and love or hate. Um, but he was uh, still, like, military and stuff like that. And I forget what his archetype was. Oh, uh, Skeptic. He or she is the person that comes in that's the outsider. Much like Sonya Blade in the 95 movie. He's like, what's this shit? I'm just here for Kano. And he figured, well, if we're going to add another character, it ought to be, we, is, we have an all-male uh, roster. Let's add a female character in there. And so they just, like, repurposed her. And even though she's still special forces, she wears, like, 90s, 80s, 90s uh, workout. Um, yep. <laughs> she was like a she was like a fitness yeah, instructor, right? Like yeah, the, the actual actress was a fitness instructor who apparently Daniel Piscina, uh met at the gym that he went to and invited her in to to the fold of Mortal Kombat, and so she took a lot of instruction for him how to properly like do the you know pose for the moves. I say pose because there was no combat speed, you know, fucking recording going on here. They had to like do those punches and kicks real slow and pose, you know, so they could get captured good. But, you know, she was, yeah, a dancer and a gymnast. Uh, so it fits as far as, like, you know, her being able to be flexible and stuff. So she joined the fold. And there's a Mortal Kombat cast. Uh, even though, like, Midway had faith in them and all that, apparently they didn't too much because uh, it had a very small release. The figure I keep seeing, although it's uh, one repeated mostly by uh, uh, Daniel Piscina, and I found a couple other uh, sources, is 200 cabinets, which is, like, that's it. Uh, by comparison, uh, 
what Street Fighter Two when it came out. Uh, crap, I don't have it right from me. Let me try and find it. It was like sixty thousand or some shit. It was like yeah. Let, let me let me fact check that on my notes because I just closed my window in here like that. Do, 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 do. But also like one thing. One uh, one thing that I remember just reading about, like when I was doing research in my own like levels, is that the actual time span of Mortal Kombat's arcade life, like before Mortal Kombat Two came out, mind you, was upwards of like one year. So when you think about that on a grand scale, you know, before the internet, before most things were ever video recorded, you had one year of Mortal Kombat One, and it's like prime, like in its game span where there was just basically nothing else but that. And then MK Two comes out and kind of leaves MK One just kind of down in the dust a little bit. So it's kind of interesting that like when you think about arcade lifespan back in those days, they typically were a lot longer. Because um, Street Fighter Two, through its many iterations, had um, a pretty dang long like arcade lifespan, and then MK K1 is just like, okay, we just had this one year and then that's it. And everything after that, it all kind of starts with MK2. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, also like, like a year later is when like the console versions came out and that's, that's blew up even more. So yeah. So basically see... Mortal Kombat 2 came out a year later and as that was being developed and getting ready to be in the arcades, Mortal Kombat uh, 1 came home. Uh, yeah, that with that famous and also uh, the, the figure that I saw is that it sold a million cartridges, over a million cartridges in the first month. Like, like, oh wow! Like the Super Nintendo and Sega collectively, like across all like platforms, like acclaimed. Like I put out the number that's like in the first month it got over a million car- cartridges. Damn, I mean, and it's so and because you know, I mean, we'll talk about the, di- the the difference between the two, like the Sega and the SNES versions, but. The Sega version like outsold the SNES five to one. Well, we all know why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They say sex sells, so does violence. Apparently. Oh yeah. As far sure. as like marketing uh, to kids, because uh, actually we... there was a, there was a very funny video I saw of a uh, fucking uh, news dude or, or some business representative visiting the uh, Williams headquarters. Like uh, there was like an expo going on, and he was walking around, and one of the things it's mostly pinballs because that's what Williams uh, produces. And, like, he walked into this room, and there's this guy, like, doing tests for a pinball. And there's a woman's, like, image, and she says a little soundbite. And it's like, hands off, mister. And the guy's like, yeah, it's because you're touching the joysticks and all that. He's like, oh, so this isn't, uh, this is more of adults. This isn't a game for kids. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a little risque. And then he, he moves on, and he encounters Ed Boon and John Tobias, and they're, they're playtesting <laughs> Mortal Kombat 1. And this reporter's watching over them, and he goes, oh, my God. That was blood. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, so I guess this isn't for kids either, is it? And, and Ed Boon's like, no, nah, well, it's for kids. Because <laughs> kids love fucking blood and guts, let's be honest. And, true. That's true. Uh, yeah. So that's, you know, the Sega version. Of course, everyone knew about the blood code. Yeah. Uh, did you get that uh, information you were looking for? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I confirmed. It's 60,000. With a grain of salt, sixty thousand units, which sounds like I don't I don't know much about the biz, but that sounds like wow that the difference between MK and Street Fighter, apparently. Yeah. Well, I mean, Capcom, Capcom, big fucking company, but uh, yeah, and thing, from yeah. Japan, but uh, yes, just Street Fighter Two apparently released sixty thousand arcade cabinets. Mortal Kombat initially only opened up two hundred, and I had read a interview with Ed Boon where uh, they showed up. I forget it was a. Uh, fucking like rec room, like at a uh, uh, like a basketball uh arena or something like that, and there was like a kid mm. playing there. You read the same interview, didn't you? 
Yeah. Where he said, like, yeah, they opened up the cabinet and just, like, they had a quote-unquote holy shit moment because of, like, all the quarters that were in that. And that's when he knew. And he also knew I think he it was. I think time. it was because it was the same night as, like, uh, the Bulls uh, winning one of their championships. So it's like you think people wouldn't wouldn't be distracted in an, uh, the fucking game room, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Except people are waiting and they bring their kids. And uh, nah, 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 nah. next thing you know, I got to beat Sub-Zero. Yep, you know what that means, right? That means that Mortal Kombat, uh, like Cabinet One, was the perfect babysitter for your kids back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> it literally took care of them because you know all you had to do is just give your kids that roll of quarters, and you know said, "Okay, go play this game." And then like three hours later, they're they've now got anger management issues. They probably are testing their strength to flip the arcade cabinet over because of how brutal the AI was. But they were engaged and they were taken care of, and they did not move. So you know what? We'll touch on the violence aspect, but. I... You know, it probably did give me anger management issues because Goro, man, at least when I was a kid. Oh my god! Uh, Goro. Replaying it now as an adult, yeah, he took a he took a couple he, he took a couple tries. Um, and Shang Tsung was even harder. But there's some fun things that Goro can do, you know, like gameplay wise, that make him both the funnest character to play in the entire game, but also the most terrifying because, like, there's certain strategies that don't work on any of the characters but they work on goro and then vice versa so oh. it's it, it, it's it's very interesting playing him um when i actually went through him because i tried some of these like techniques and i found like some things fun that are terrifying when you think about it especially if you're a kid but they're kind of funny in retrospect goro is especially terrifying uh i know this doesn't do this in the super nintendo version i'd be curious if it does it in the uh mk collection version on steam uh course this is direct from the arcade but uh when you're playing the final endurance match when you're in the second round if you're like on the final round and you're winning because it automatically is in goro's lair the screen starts shaking and you hear goro roaring in the background because he's getting ready to enter to face you no i didn't get that. oh dude it's so fucking because i i uh, never played that far in the arcade version i knew it did it but i had forgotten about it and like playing it now it's like yeah you're halfway through the match you're starting to win and the screen is starting to jostle, and you hear Goro roaring. You're just like, no, Mom, I don't want to play Goro. I want to go home. Yeah. Oh, there's also there's also like a little fun tidbit because like right when Goro drops down and does his pose, your character is locked in place. You can't move anything, and then it'll yep. say like fight, and then it becomes this really big time like terrifying coin flip if you're going to get away or not. Because your first reaction is to jump back or walk away or even punch forward, but you know based on what version of the game that you're playing and uh, a, a basic AI coin flip, Goro will immediately throw you. Um, upon the start of the fight, you, like, 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 like you, immediately, yeah. like you don't even have time to react to it. Just all of a sudden, just bam, you're thrown and already like a quarter of your life is gone and you haven't even done anything yet. That like, sounds that's like a quarter that they stole from you. Yeah. yeah. I also don't think that they even say fight. Like he jumps in. Yeah. It just seamlessly goes he just, into the match. And he just starts wailing on you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, beating Goro wasn't too horrible. Uh, it was actually harder on the Super Nintendo version. Uh, arcade version, I had a pretty good strategy of uh, jump kicking him, jumping back, jump kicking him again, jumping back. Uh, when he gets too smart to it, or when the computer does, uh, throw a spear, because uh, I'm Scorpion. Uh, I have different memories of this, and maybe it's Mataro instead of Gorio, because Goro, I thought the spear didn't... <laughs> spear fucking work. I know, I said Gorio. Spear fucking works in Goro. Perfectly. So it's like... Huh. You, you jump kick him, spear him a little bit, boom, Goro's dead. In the Super Nintendo version, the jump kick trick doesn't work because of the space. I would say with, 
is a little different. I'll say with Sub Zero, if you do uh, the combo that I use, I do the jump kick and then the slide. Ah, yeah, slide. But what also works too, which is the way I beat um, Goro like for the first time, is the freeze. And there's a there's a there's a fun like little. Uh, it's considered a glitch, but it's but I always thought it was like a strategy. When Goro was getting up after you basically freeze him the uh, first time, and let's just say you uppercut him right when he's about to get up, like immediately upon recovery, you can freeze him again when he's in mid recovery, and it will hit every single time. And if your timing is good on how you can uh, throw Sub-Zero's freeze based on distance, you can infinite that, and you will beat him without taking any damage, which, you can which do is that part of the reason why Goro can be kind of fun. Because the computer is waking up and immediately going into a fireball, right? So Goro will throw his fireball, but if you throw, say, Josh, your spear beforehand, you would do a trade, but you're going to win that trade every single time because the way the computer reacts to it is that it's not thinking of blocking your spear by the time you've already thrown it. So, you, you know, that you're going to win that every single time. So Sub-Zero and Scorpion are kind of similar with their strategy because Palette Swap Ninjas. Sub-Zero throws the freeze and then hits him on Wake Up and then you can do it. And Scorpion, you throw the spear, you hit him on Wake Up and then you got him again. So. Yep. And, you know, there's no shame in being cheap because at this point in the game, if you're playing the computer, it's cheap. So that's that's the beauty of Mortal Kombat so is cheap. you just you learn how to spam. Uh, that you know the the fuck from the fucking uh twenty twenty one movie with the sweep, uh yep use that shit which it's it's funny uh I it barely landed any sweeps against Kano <laughs> he, he would usually no, the, <laughs> yeah you do one and then the, if you try to do the second one he he does the uh, the roll oh for me uh on the DOS version like he's usually towards the top of the ladder when I get to him and that's when the like AI starts getting a little smarter. And, like, I think I only landed one, but every one, he'd hop over. He'd just hop. It's like he did the hop in the movie, but he actually timed it right this time. Yeah. It's kind of weird <laughs> synchronicity going on there that Kano is the one that is pretty good against sweeps. Well, Sub-Zero is, too. Like, if you do one on him, the second time you do it, he does a sweep. I mean, uh, the slide immediately. Like it's almost like it's almost like a one and zero, like if this then that kind of thing. Yeah, we all play different versions, and I know that the AI behaves differently because uh, I played different versions, the, the GOG version, it it's kind of tolerable in its cheapness because uh, it just seems to be a battle of, like, the, the AI loves to block, to, to crouch block against you. Like, you're trying to sweep, and it seems to be a battle of who can who can land the next sweep or uppercut. And it actually almost feels like I'm actually uh, participating in an actual martial arts fight. You know, it it's, like, it's like, you it know, I'm does. trying to chink, break through their armor. Only when it gets to the top of the ladder does it get to do the ridiculous things like it knows, you know, the instant I do a command to block it. Like, you know, when I'm doing Scorpion's spear, or I'm sorry, teleport uh, against Scorpion, he's already turned around and throwing the spear when I'm coming on the other side of the screen. It's just like, okay, Super Nintendo version was worse because, like, you know, uh, I don't know that they're going to throw me automatically when I come up to them and stand close. Uh, I just do. <laughs> Because that's what they throw? fucking do every time. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, I always fucking do it back. I think it's high kick or low kick when you're standing close. Oh. Yeah, yeah it's high See, kick. I was thinking it was high punch. Kick. No, it's it's kick, a kick button. It's high kick. Uh, Josh, it's high kick. Mm. Okay, yeah. yeah and like, yeah, like, computer and Super Nintendo loves throwing you. Like, just don't get close to something. They're going to throw you. Just automatically. No, the, 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 the arcade version is the same. 
Especially when you get higher up on the on the ranks. Not as bad uh, unless the DOS version uh, behaves differently than the arcade. Because, uh, yeah, I mean... They... Sonya Blade does it all the time. Really? Like, that's half of what she does is throws. Uh, yep. Well, I, I kind of, <laughs> like, ended with my history. Uh, basically coming up to, holy shit, Mortal Kombat blew up. Uh, and that's kind of where the, the history, at least for now, uh, ends. Is just... Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, there's it, a there's a bit as far as like the effects of Mortal Kombat because right, it's a very yeah. controversial game. Right. I, I thought, yeah, I was kind of getting ready to go into that, like the violence aspect. Jay said, you know, this is how people babysit their kids. Uh, like, we don't have to really go too much into it because, I mean, well, we're we definitely going to do an episode about that. Uh, not just yeah. about the history of it, but I actually have thoughts to say about you know the evolution of violence and how i feel about it and how it's been represented right up to mk11 but uh it, it just uh, needs to be stated that uh mortal Kombat wasn't solely responsible for the esrb uh creation no. uh night trap no it was just ironically like a popularized game yeah an ironically uh tamer game uh was uh also center uh in that controversy but uh it really didn't happen until it came on video on on uh and i'm sorry home release because you know you get the arcade you get your kid, scatter off, go ever play something. You don't know what he's playing. Uh, or, you know, if you're a teenager, you can go off and go to the local arcade by yourself, unsupervised. And, you know, it's just like, yeah, bloody games. That's what you like. Uh, Doom, which surprisingly didn't come out till uh, a bit later. Uh, well, it's, it looks like uh, in fucking 1993, uh, right after MK2. I believe probably got some attention, but still, it's kind of like, you know, it's a, it's a computer geek thing and all that. Uh, granted, like, it was so widespread, like it said, like, you know, every computer that had Windows 95 had Doom, and it was mostly responsible for, like, lack of productivity in workplaces, because everyone was right. fucking playing Doom. But still, and like, it was shockingly violent. It was like, you know, super, yeah, dude, demons and blood. Still, it kind of had its little pocket of of uh, to hide in of geekiness whereas mortal Kombat, once it hit home and 12 year olds are playing it in the family living room and the parents are like oh my oh my god i think that's where it started to get a lot of visibility here's here's a uh, well i was uh, like reading a couple of articles about it because i mean that's a lot of what you run into when you're trying to do research on like the impact of mortal Kombat one is like it talks about you know violence and the creation of the esrb and all that stuff when it was just in the arcades, I think the thing that, like, the mindset was that arcades were mostly where, like, teens and adults went to play games. Right. Uh, at that time, like, home console games was still mostly Mario and, you know, Zelda and, like, all these, like, stuff that were for kids, like children. Yeah. So that was the kind shit. of the mindset. Right. That was the mindset of it. Um, it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't until... Uh, Mortal Kombat came to consoles where it starts to get more attention. Going a bit back, uh, when they when you know uh, Midway was deciding to like put these on consoles because it's such a big hit, um, executive of Nintendo actually went to a claim and said, "You got to change the, like a lot of this stuff. Like you got to you got to change the blood from like red to green." But I think it ended up being uh, gray in the SNES version. Um, they also had to change fatalities and have to change like the backgrounds a lot of the time. A lot of the backgrounds of it. They even had to change the backstory. Wait, the backgrounds? Yeah, like the the, the, the backstory. backstory. Like some of the some of the stages had like uh like you know heads on spikes and stuff like that. They oh, uh, the, the bottom of the pit. Yeah, for sure. Right, stuff like that. Uh, but they also had to change backgrounds of the stories to some of the characters, which I didn't know. 
Really? Uh, like like what? Yeah, like uh, for Sub Zero, uh, in his uh, ending on the SNES version, it says that uh, his purpose for entering the tournament was for destruction instead of assassination, which was what was said in the uh, arcade. Ah, uh, so it was like a little too real. Uh, yeah, as far as like that, assassins. Right. They made they 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 made it more about destruction, like general destruction, instead of like an assassination of you know. That's uh, interesting. Huh, yeah. I did not know yeah, that. I admit I didn't know that either. Um, so yeah, and they also changed the fatalities for Raiden, Sub-Zero, and Johnny Cage uh, in the SNS version, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, <laughs> the uh, was uh, the executive of Acclaim thought it was ridiculous because, you know, in his head, like, this was like comic book violence. So he didn't understand why they had that. They, it didn't seem realistic to him. They had to do it for, Mar- for you know, Nintendo because, you I mean, you know, the funny thing uh, I learned too, uh, the Scorp- or I'm sorry, Sub Zero's free shatter fatality, which uh, I think in a previous episode I said, and then became iconic. It became yeah. iconic. It actually, uh, as the home versions were coming out, MK2 was coming out, and the free shatter fatality actually uh, first was thought up for MK2, and it kind of was borrowed to be put oh. into this. So. Uh, Nintendo doesn't get credit for that one. I always thought that that was like kind of something that Nintendo did. Right, right. And it was like, oh, well, yeah, he should freeze and shatter somebody. And they added it in. No, they kind of borrowed it. Uh, Raiden's, uh, turn to Ash's fatality, though, that should have, that should have been his thing, mm. man, because that's so cooler than just blowing your head up, which already, you know, Johnny Cage. Well, he, he, it. his fatality is like he rips your skull out and you have the spine hanging out. No, it's Sub Zero. Oh, who are you talking I, about? I was talking about Raiden, where he turns you into ashes. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and like one and like one actually like fun thing I did, uh, you seen? So I so of course in the super I, since I played the Super Nintendo version, and we're talking about I guess the violence of you know punching someone's head off. I I personally think that in some ways Johnny Cage's Super Nintendo fatality is even more terrifying because it's just really <laughs> really funny. All he does is that he throws his leg out very slowly at your chest. You scream for a minute and then your character falls down, basically dead. And from what it looks like, it looks like he slowly just inserts his foot inside your um, huh. your chest and basically and basically kicks your heart in. And when I think about it, I'm like, what's more terrifying? Hitting your head off or putting your foot inside someone's chest and they basically have a heart attack and die because that's what it looks like. And I mean, I'm like, both are equally yeah, they feel they seem pretty equal to me because yeah, 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 they do. But just watching Johnny, watching the screen go dark, Johnny Cage sticks his foot in your chest, and you just scream for a minute and die. And it doesn't even say fatality on the screen in the Super Nintendo version. It just it's like bonus. the screen goes kind of like dim, and then it plays the fatality like little music, and then that's it. And I'm just like, wow, Super Nintendo, this is some desperate grasping at straws to censor this stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, I think <laughs> like, the it's thing really they comical. Is that it's uh, not the 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 explicitness that can sometimes disturb you it's it's the subtleness like you know it's the fact you died yeah like you caved in your, yeah. your chest and had a heart attack uh you know sometimes the less you show the more disturbing it is so uh, yeah and I what's had more likely to happen that, you know yeah and what's more likely to happen it's healthy yeah exactly it's healthier to see someone's spine get ripped out and blood gush and all whatever than to just assume that oh when you die you fall down and you blink and you go away yeah, and I'm just sitting here thinking that, like, it's way more likely for someone to karate kick me in the chest really hard and I have a sudden heart attack and die from it versus someone punching me so hard my head falls off. That so, is true. It's right. more realistic in that way. Uh, mm-hmm. So I guess uh, to briefly talk about the ESRB a bit, 
Um, I always knew that, you know, Joe Lieberman, the senator, like he had something to do with it. Him and Tim I didn't Gore. know how he, I didn't know how he came to know about it. Okay, I don't know this because I admit because I know we want to do a future episode. I everything I learned for this episode is kind of consequential. So uh, enlighten me. So apparently his uh, his former chief of staff, Bill Anderson, uh, heard about it from his son, who was a fan of the game. So his son asked for the Genesis version of MK1. Once he saw it, he brought it to Lieberman. Lieberman was appalled. And that's what started up the whole pre- uh, press conference thing that he did. Uh, Literal murder simulators. <laughs> pretty much. Um, and in the like, moms of the youth. Yeah, it was all because of his chief of staff's kid huh. wanted the Genesis version of the game. Fuck, kid. You should have just then, got someone to buy it for you outside the family. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then five, about less than five months later, uh, they basically... Uh, the what do you call it? The video games industry, uh, a bunch of the developers and publishers came together to form the ESRB because it was either that or get state regulated. So they they like well, we might as well regulate ourselves. So they made the ESRB rating, and then it's interesting hmm? to point out that uh, Sega was full and willing to implement a rating system, uh, which they in fact put on uh, their copies of Mortal Kombat, even though the blood isn't you know, available from the outset. Uh, yeah, you have to do a code. Yeah, the code. Um, and they were... I forget what it is. There's two ways you can I just did it yesterday. You could do it at the interest screen, which I love the interest screen where it's like this long thing about the secret code, the code of honor between the fighters, even though they hate each other. It's like so much like lore in it and then it gets to the bottom. Could there be a code? And... <laughs> it's just it's like so much pomp and circumstance just for one little code. But you can also right. enter a cheat menu code where you can have access to a lot of things like free play, which isn't available in the Genesis version. Mm-hmm. Uh and you could turn on the blood there too. But uh so like no uh Sega kinda wanted to implement this rating system across the board. They're like they're like, We solved the issue already. Let's let's introduce this. And uh curiously enough, their rating uh, appears on the DOS version as well. If you bought it back in the day with like you know the cardboard box and everything, it had the same rating system that the Genesis used. Oh, where Nintendo was like, we ain't gonna be having this stuff in our family company game, and we're kind of like pointing fingers at Sega and you know, kind of shaking the rock on the boat, and like you know they were kind of you know rattling the cages of the Joe Liebermans and the Tipper Gores and being like, yeah, see, we're not like those other companies. We censor things and still have people get heart attacks from getting kicked too hard. <laughs> or still have Scorpion and Sonya's are exactly the same, which, depending on the kid, could be kind of terrifying. You just get engulfed in a burst of flame and, and turn into a skeleton, and Sonya is still screaming after she, like, Ugh! she has a very disturbing, whimpering scream as she's reduced to skeleton. That, you know, it could be traumatizing. You don't know what's right, going to traumatize a kid. Yeah. The most random things could traumatize a kid, and it could not even oh, be related shit. to violence. Like I said, like uh, the most the game that the the fatality in MK three that always got me the most right. was uh, I think sec was sectors. I think it's uh, smoke or or sorry, I can't remember, but yeah, it blows. One up of the robot head. ninjas where they they basically just unload a bunch of bombs onto the screen, and then it zooms out onto the earth, 
the earth blows up. It's supposed to be funny. Yeah, I actually, I, I actually love that fatality because I'm like, oh wow, this just went into Looney Tune land for real, for real. So <laughs> I don't know for some reason I'm just like, okay, you know, all the other fatalities was like, you know, he's they're defeating their enemy and they killed that person, but then Sector or whoever it was decided, you know, we're taking the whole world with us. Yeah, it's like, what do you want? Pack <laughs> so, that. That's really disturbing. Like, like you, you, like there's this tournament happening. In you know wherever in the, you know on this island or whatever wherever Mortal Kombat three takes place. Well, Mortal Kombat three wasn't a tournament; it was war. Oh right, yeah. 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 But, yeah. So like, there's people fighting, and then two people fight, and then the whole world gets destroyed because one person was like, you know what, screw it. Yeah, yeah. So that that's for me. Disturbing. I was just like, right? Yeah. When you think about it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you never know what disturbs me, but at the same time, what I've read, like it was was really from one inter- one interview that I saw. I think it was the people at. Uh, a claim, I think maybe the executive or somebody that says that a lot of the outrage wasn't necessarily from parents. It was like more media driven, hmm. I believe. He, he said, and I don't know how accurate it is, that a lot of the complaints that they got were from teachers, uh, from the, was from parents complaining, like, why wasn't there blood in my SNES game or whatever? Why wasn't? <laughs> yeah, like they said, like, oh, we bought this game and we thought we were getting the full thing, but my kid is telling me that I'm not getting the full game because there's no blood in this game. <laughs> That's kind funny. of a thing. But that could also be a marketing thing. Who knows? It, it, it might be, but it sounds true to life, too. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure there were parents that came and, like, walked to their electronics boutique or whatever game store at the time, you know, and said, mm-hmm. oh, what the f- are you selling this filth to my kids, you know, type stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, there sure, was yeah. a lawsuit. Uh, God, I wish I'd uh, looked it up for uh, notes purposes. Uh, like, a. a a woman's son uh, slashed a, a student, uh, like a classmate with a knife or whatever, and she blamed it in Mortal Kombat, and they actually determined, like, well, there's no... Mo-. She she actually specifically leveled it at a, uh, Cyrax, I think, because uh, this was, like, a little later. This wasn't when MK1 first came out. And, like, they, they, like th- instead of a knife, wouldn't you, like, throw a net or something? Exactly. They were literally like, well, this character doesn't do that move so there's nothing to indicate that he mimicked a movie saw from this character so thrown out it might be funny to reflect i know jay you said your parents are like oh la la i don't care and like you seen you had said that you know you you had had a discussion with it uh with your mother you know about like wanting to see the movie or play the first game uh you know but weren't really talking about the violence um i think my parents were my parents are kind of like uh middle level if there are things that were like definitely adult no you ain't watching that my uh, i mean my parents like really didn't if there's one thing i love about my parents they really did not supervise anything i watched like i was watching stephen king movies i watched like stephen king's it when i was like eight well, um, that was during, a made for tv movie so it's technically, yeah but i mean but still like i was watching stuff like that and i was actually traumatized by more animated violence than i was you know, real life violence or even video game violence, just because like when I saw, like I, I knew just kind of from an early age that if you, if you, if you blow someone's head off, you would never see that much blood. Like that's just ridiculous. So, or like if you turn someone into a skeleton or something from a hellfire, I was thinking, oh, I see that stuff all the time on Halloween anyway. So this is no big deal. It's just <laughs> in a video game. So you know, it just, it didn't really affect me all that much. And of course, if my, if my mom and dad saw it, they're like, oh, he's playing that stupid game again, whatever. And then they would just walk away. Yeah. So, I, they I, so they really weren't concerned about anything that I watched. 
I had two incidents uh, that I remember uh, with my parents related to Mortal Kombat. I mean, there were things here and there, like, you know, they'd be watching a movie and I come in and they're like, no, get the fuck out. Or like, you know, uh, I wanted to watch this one movie on uh, one Halloween and she said no. And I was confused because it was like a silly family Halloween movie. And then I discovered she assumed it. She thought it was like Michael Myers. So it's like, oh, she didn't realize. But like for Mortal Kombat, I distinctly remember playing Mortal Kombat 2 on the Super Nintendo and doing Shang Tsung's Turn Into Kataro and Rip You In Half Fatality in front of my mom. And she's like, because <sighs> like Mortal Kombat 2 is kind of where it got really detailed because like your, your lower yeah. torso collapsed and you could see the spine on the upper torso and like just the good red chunks. And she's like, so you... You know, right, that you've got a good separation, right, that this is fantasy. I'm like, oh, yeah, Ma. No, I got that. That's fine. So it's like, and that, that that's where the conversation ended. Before that, when I was playing Mortal Kombat 1 on the Super Nintendo, this might be more towards the uh, aggression argument rather than the traumatized by violence. Yeah, Goro's a motherfucker. I think they were getting a little worried why Josh is upstairs screaming and something's banging <laughs> against the wall. That's me throwing the controller. And, like, you know, Dad would come up and he's like, well, the fuck's going on? And he'd watch what I'm doing and he'd go back out and tell mom, he's like, well, well, honey, he has four arms. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that, that's understandable. He's pretty frustrated. Well, Josh, you know, as your friend, I can tell you that all those yelling and screaming issues that you had, those never went away. You just apply them to traffic now. Yeah, that's true. It's just I direct it to traffic instead. Yeah, yeah it's just road rage. <laughs> I'm generally known it's as just a road chill rage dude. at this point. I've been called like a, a, a rock and a solid foundation as far as like not freaking out, but I do freak out when I'm behind the wheel. So maybe I have Mortal Kombat to blame for not to teach me how to properly deal with that. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it really is hilarious. So that means that if you spazzed out and were just, you know, insane about Mortal Kombat because you just kept getting angry about it, chances are you have road rage now, and you should probably seek therapy for that. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's not the he. He doesn't need. <laughs> uh, go go deep. What not, so like. It's not like he's he's chasing people down like once he gets like someone cuts him off he chases them back <laughs> and plays them. <laughs> not yet. yet. Not yet. yet. <laughs> not yet. What? Um, my folks didn't care really. Like they were more worried about you know sex and violence in movies and shows and stuff. They didn't really see games as having that. And Mortal Kombat, they knew it was violent, but I don't know if they reacted to any of the fatalities i don't even know if we did any of the fatalities in front of them honestly yeah because she had the genesis did you, did you didn't have the blood code turned on like how long did it take you to discover that what i think i didn't i didn't play mk1 much oh, oh that's right so you're mk2 yeah yeah more is more mk2 so we did the fatalities i just don't know if they ever caught it and a part of that is probably because video game they assume oh it's kid shit and two, yeah that's the they're they, probably they, only looking and seeing a couple globs of blood okay nothing crazy right and looking away and right. two it's just like yeah it's like it's not it's not like real like you know like watching like a serious movie that deals with violence or sexual violence and you know it's, it's not fucking real you know it's cartoon shit right so then and they just I, don't I think, think that, about it i think that separation they understood so then it was never really a problem like they bought mk2 they bought mk3 for me or, or ultimate mk3 for like 70 bucks or something like that so, like, they, it wasn't that big of a deal in my house, really. Oh, I just remember. 
I had I had one other occasion too where I got in a fight in the third grade. And it's not so much a fight as it's just like I just something clicked in my brain and I started shoving this kid that was like friendly teasing me, but I was too stupid to realize it was like being good natured and I just like went off on him. Hearing the report from the principal later, you know, which is basically like I shoved him and then grabbed his throat and then shoved him again or something like that. My mom's like, holy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I switched flip. You say get over here? Maybe. No, <laughs> Maybe. no, I didn't say get over here. But my mom did say like hearing that, she's like, oh, that sounds like a Mortal Kombat move. And I'm like, mom, no, I wasn't fucking imitating a goddamn video game. That's the no, only time where she, Fighter, yeah, it's, it's Street Fighter, mom. Don't you fucking know? It's when Blanka, I don't know. I don't think there is a move like that. <laughs> but I think, but, but I think like uh, a lot of kids, a lot of kids actually had more of a danger of causing violence to each other, not from doing like fatalities or whatever, but just by doing basic moves. Cause I remember, uh, you know, for a while there when I was really into Street Fighter, there were a lot of times where I had many, many dreams and a few attempts of doing Guile's flash kick as well as Chun Li's <laughs> lightning kick. Because I'm because in my in my little kid brain, I'm like, this theoretically should be possible to do if I just believe in myself and just backflip just enough, I can be Guile for like a split second. Or if I throw my legs just fast enough, maybe I can actually break this tree with my feet. Like that, like out, like that's where my like little kid brain was. And my parents were more worried about me hurting my from stuff like that than seeing Sub-Zero rip someone's head out of their spine or seeing Scorpion torch someone to death. Well, this you know, totally rewinds what I was thinking about where, like, Joy Lieberman's big thing was, like, they're going to imitate what they're going to see. They're going to think it's okay. I'm like, you're fucking ridiculous. And then Jay's story, it's like, oh. And I, I can collaborate Dude. that because I probably lost balance hundreds of times as a fat kid trying to do a roundhouse kick in my living room. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't think I ever, like, <laughs> try to imitate Mortal Kombat, but I definitely try to do the tornado kick from mm-hmm. like Street Fighter. And I try to do a bunch of moves from Power Rangers, so that's probably more of my yeah. where my injuries went. I remember but, my fifth grade teacher, uh, Mortal Kombat and Power Rangers were his two biggest banes. So. Yeah. I was, I was one thing I did remember <laughs> is that uh when they were during like the the, the hearings or the, the whatever the conferences or whatever, uh, violent video games, uh, I think Nintendo was it Nintendo and Sega were also like there at some point? Yeah, yeah. The representatives they, they, were there. They were, they were, they were part of the lawsuit. It was against Acclaim, Midway, and Nintendo and Sega. So like Nintendo <laughs> tried to like put you know throw Sega under the bus, right? And then Sega, <laughs> Sega representative basically brought out the super scope. It's like, is this something that is this really? <laughs> are you really the company to like you know? <laughs> Talk about uh, teaching kids not to be violent when you have this thing. <laughs> so it became really petty, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have sat in during some of those meetings, like just to be a fly on the wall when that stuff is going down. Just because, can you imagine like the pettiness and just the back and forth of what they're talking about is going on? Mm-hmm. And then fast forward to the violence in video games today when you just oh, say, God. LOL, violence in video games. <laughs> so well, I'm sure there's, uh, obviously, there's a stenographer. Uh, I now, uh, Obviously, in preparation for a violence episode, I'll have to read this, but I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to hunt down the uh, the fucking court transcripts. I know they're there. Because <laughs> I I read some court Good transcripts you, for this episode. I don't know if I'll get to them or not. <laughs> um, they're fun to read. Yeah. It is being a fly on the wall. <laughs> I mean, once you get guess, past yeah. all the legal fucking bullshit, uh, legal yeah. vocabulary. But one thing I think that we can kind of like from here, I guess just like segue um a little bit here is 
like some of like the actual core mechanics of Mortal Kombat One and how you know all these things actually affected your general gameplay, Josh, and probably part of the reason why you were screaming at the television screen so many years, like many kids were back in the day. <laughs> um, and also the idea about how you can actually do certain things and take revenge on people by doing fatalities on them. So <laughs> with that, like a couple of things that I think are kind of fun just to sort of briefly mention here is that Mortal Kombat 1, being an early 90s game, um, at, like it actually did have like a lot of glitches in it. Um, I don't know the exact number on them. I know probably both of you when you were playing it likely encountered some of them even if you didn't know it was a glitch or not but it's, it would probably be like considered one but mortal kombat one based on the information i was able to kind of look up um has between like 45 and 50 glitches in it that are like known that are like documented That's a lot. as far as <laughs> yeah yeah it's a lot now a lot of these are like really small harmless things and you know some of these are actual strategies you can use against other opponents but they are considered glitches even if they are considered strategies so like for example but like uh something that they did back in you know with the arcade is that they had revisions right they so did like, have they were basically yeah. so like uh are these are these errors like or are these glitches like in the home version throughout or all the revisions version? or are they still present in the most recent revision they're still present in the most recent revision because chances are, um, I know this is true for Combat Collection, and I'm like 99% sure it's true for the SNES version that I played on my end, that um, those would be revision 5, so which is the no, most... No, uh, Arcade Collection is revision 4. Interesting. As far I, I heard it was revision 5. Was just, uh, the Arcade did get oh, up to be. revision 5. I mean, it's very oh, okay. possible it that is. the Midway Collection didn't use the most latest one, but, you know, yeah. I, I only saw it on, like, I don't know, maybe one video that they said Revision 4, so I could be wrong. Oh, I yeah. probably am wrong. You're, you're sounding but, a little choppy, you see, and I'm, I'm hoping it's not like that in the recording. Am I? It's just a little bit. I don't know why. Uh, hold on a second. You probably were trying to chop the wood and the test your mic and, and you didn't hit yep. the yeah. AD button too fast enough. Yeah, 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 yeah you're gearing up. You're pressing, uh, you're pressing that punch button like your life depended on it. <laughs> so. Which, uh, super easy uh, to can do. Can you hear me now? It's still a little choppy. It's still choppy. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't well, worry me, about it too me. much. Okay. Uh, which, yeah, by the way, uh, the, 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 the wood chopping thing, super easy to do in the GOG version, super hard to do in a console version. Anyway, I didn't find I didn't find it all that difficult, but like the rate of speed that you have to do that, which I guess for clarification, that whole section is called test your might, right. which th those things are kind of like actually intersect and uh, occur differently depending on which version of MK1 that you actually play versus if you play it like two player uh, mode, player one mode, I think, and then multiplayer. So there's like all different types of ways where you can get that. It's not as consistent as you might think it is. Oh, I thought it just occurred like game. A, uh, every milestone in the ladder. Yeah. But like a couple of, I guess you could say like glitches that are pretty noticeable that I think everybody knows. So like there's like there's fatality glitches, obviously. That's probably where a lot of these are. And these do like actually carry on through different versions of the game. I've probably the funnest couple, one I that I know that I've done a lot is that if you are Johnny Cage, uh, if you are fighting, I believe, Scorpion, Sonya, or Kano, I think it's those three. It's not the whole cast, but Johnny Cage actually can knock their head off twice if you do the fatality quickly enough. So his fatality is basically forward, 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 high punch. So if you do that two times in a row before the, you know, before the actual finishing timer runs out, you can actually knock their head off, and while their head is knocked off, you can magically knock it off again. And there's two heads on the ground instead of one. <laughs> Which is really funny. Um, oh, I thought that was only with Reptile. 
Uh, no, no. This is you can do okay. this with Johnny Cage against like those three characters I mentioned earlier. Um, now, of course, did I do this? No, because I have the Super Nintendo version where he sticks your foot in your chest and you All have right. a heart attack and die. <laughs> but I guarantee, if you guys ever want to try it on your version, I guarantee you can do it. Um, I think they might have carried that over into MK2 as well, like as a reference. Yeah. Another fun one that you can do, there are, like, like Johnny Cage actually has a whole bunch of, like, little glitches, but none of these really affect gameplay all too much. They're just very specific to him, depending on where he is. And they're, like, little things. There's, like, a, there's a sweet glitch to where, like, if you are fighting Raiden and you get someone in the corner and you finish him with a sweep, and I believe that it, that was corrected in later versions, but this is versions one through three. Um, if you sweep Raiden in the corner and it's the final hit, then he will die. He, he, he won't fall down. He'll die standing up. And it'll say, and then all of a sudden you win and he's standing up still. This is so, in the arcade version or like the home versions? I forget. Uh, the, uh, this, uh, this is in the arcade version. This would not be in the Super Nintendo version. So these are like, uh, some of these are like mainly arcade specific glitches, uh, but others are not. But most of the fatality ones I've mentioned here are pretty universal, even from ver- even like in version five. Yeah, I think uh, Johnny Cage's head, multiple head fatalities is almost like yeah, it's that's like, a it's legend. One. It's legend. Everyone knows wants to do it. I think I yep. think I think they just add it in. Like I said, I think it came in MK two just because everyone loved it so much. They're like yeah, let's put it in there just as a reference. And there's like a whole bunch of different ones. Like Raiden has a few. There's some invisibility glitches. There's frozen raiding glitch that you can do a, a lot of these are triggered surprisingly is that when goro jumps down from the screen if you hold back for like a certain number of seconds then it activates some of these glitches like you turn invisible or raiden is in frozen color form for some reason <laughs> um it's little things like that that are you know that, that are really just kind of there and then there's ones that actually do affect gameplay which is uh, which i'm going to get into this is there is a jumping glitch that you can actually utilize. And this is corrected in MK4 and 5 versions, but essentially this leads to, this particular glitch leads into infinite combos that you can do against other players if you know what you're doing. This caused uh, uh, MK uh, version 3, I think, is where it was most notorious. Uh, in 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 the version 3, I think, is where you can exploit this. Yeah, it's actually versions 1, 2, and 3. It was corrected in 4 and 5, but essentially that's a... Uh, if someone jumps into you and you hit them out of it, like you basically do an anti-air, and this was specifically done with either like a high punch or a jumping punch in a way, if you can do that, that that will knock them so high in the air as a result of the as a result of that glitch because it doesn't set them on one. Um, I guess you could say like one one plane. It pushes them above it. That they're gonna fall so long that allows you to hit them again with a jumping move. And then if you're quick enough, you can do a special move. So this leads to a lot of one two combos. So if I'm Johnny Cage, for example, then what you can do is that I can do a high punch, hit you in the air, then jump and do a jumping punch and hit you in the air further and then i can do a shadow kick and still hit you on the way down and this is kind of universal with almost all the characters so like josh for example scorpion can do this you can hit him out of the air which you wouldn't use an uppercut to do this but you can use um, your high punch to do it and then kick him and then you can immediately go into your spear and they will land on the spear and get caught and then you can uppercut them again and you will probably take about half their life (laughs) so stuff like that and then of course if you get someone in the corner with this it becomes basically like an infinite loop like i know that um 
just about every single character has some sort of advanced juggle combo that they can do in a corner, which is a combination of their various moves plus a special move, to, you know, to basically end it. That will delete their life bar. <laughs> and in versions four and five, they fix this to where they get rid of the, I guess you could say, like low gravity aspect of it, to where the character will just fall straight through your, I think, second or third punch if that's what you're gonna do and we'll, they'll fall straight down to end it, with the exception of Raiden and Kano. <laughs> Raiden of Kano actually still retain a lot of their previous, you know, glitch combo mechanics because of just the properties of both their uppercuts and their throws, which allow them to do some pretty insane stuff if you know what you're doing. Uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a funny way to look at uh, to kind of look at this stuff because MK1, for better or worse, just has a lot of these like little glitches because they back then they didn't play test as much. They just got the game done and put it out. But with an eight month development time on this, it's not surprising. Um, that that would happen. Oh, I'm sure they playtested it as much as they could have possibly done. But yeah, eight months time. I mean, every game has bugs. It, it, it is so much it, stuff. And it's also like pretty. It also adds quite a bit of charm to the game because I mean, it's the first one in the franchise. They couldn't predict what kind of stuff would happen with right. this, like circumstances, and the fact that I mean, it's good on them for like you know trying to patch these up with different arcade revisions, like as they went along, especially the ones that are like gameplay related. But I, I appreciate seeing, still seeing some of the, like, you know, Raiden being, like, frozen blue or whatever. Like yeah, that's... I want to catch that. I want to see if I can replicate that now. Uh, yeah. And, of course, there's, like, whole sub-communities that fucking love finding this shit. Uh, I'm, more yeah. partial, I'm more partial to finding, like, the, the, the purposely placed mysteries. Um Actually, like, you know. yeah, and like and like in Josh, like speaking of a, speaking of a little mysteries, and I admit I didn't know this, but I didn't know that in as far as like the differences in versions, um, because some of these actually have documentation on them. In the first version of MK1, the very first build of the game, uh, y'all, everybody probably knows that Reptile was actually not in that version of the game. He was not yeah. there. He um, wasn't in but, until number three. Yeah, number three is when he uh, number three is when and, he was in and, there. And, and but, uh, supposedly John Tobias didn't even fucking know about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like in in MK1 uh, with the MK1 version, one thing I didn't know it's a little thing, but it's kind of cool is that that was back in that version of the game two in two player mode, both players could not select the same character in build one of the oh. game. Yeah, yeah. So like if thing. I pick Johnny Cage, you cannot pick Johnny Cage. It, like the game would not let you do it. Which which is real. It's a real ball buster if you're like a fucking Sub Zero player and you're player one and player two's cursor is going to be closer to Sub Zero than you. And he's gonna yep. get dibs. <laughs> yep, yep. And, and really, like that was that was actually a big problem back in the day because, like, depending on which side, like, you would actually get players that would prefer player two or player one mode, so that way they could be closer to the character that they would want to pick because that way they could get to it fast enough. So imagine if you're a kid and you really want to play Scorpion or you really want to play Johnny Cage, and you're on player, or let's just say you really want to play Johnny Cage because that was me, and you're on player two side. Well, Johnny Cage is on the far left of the screen so if i'm starting on the far right you know my opponent is, is going to pick johnny cage before i do and therefore i can't pick him so that would make that would make like competitiveness a very big deal depending mm. on what side of the arcade Wait. cabinet you were on so uh was the wraparound option in the first revisions oh, where you could like question. like if you're player two you could hit right and go straight to johnny cage N uh uh, I don't think I don't think it was not in version one, and it would make sense because of just that's, how that's early the game I'd was. That's I'd like to confirm. I, I, oh man, I'd love to get my hands on like an original. Because it, it's it's in the arcade version. 
Like, at least on the PC, like, you can hit right and then go to the opposite side of the screen. That yeah, might be I, something I, that's probably still in it, because that seems like a universal feature in any I'm actually of, pretty certain, though, that in version 2, in version 2, they fixed that. Like, they fixed, like, little okay. things like that. But, of course, you know, as we all know, you can do, like, infinite combos for days. But, actually, one thing, Josh, about it is that even though Reptile was not uh, uh, entered into version 3... There's actually no hints for Reptile in version 3, as far right. as I'm aware. I looked yeah, into that, this that a little correct. bit. There are hints, though, in versions 4 and 5, like where he'll just randomly like show up and then just say like dumb things like um, like like blocking is not the way. <laughs> blocking will get you nowhere. <laughs> oh, my favorite is, uh, he says, uh, it, the bottom of the pit, or it's at the bottom of the pit, but it's it's all backwards, so it just looks yeah. like gibberish. <laughs> yeah, it so is. Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah. like... It's gibberish. It's just, it's like, what? <laughs> so. Yeah, like Ed Boon, like he, apparently he got, he got the idea, the idea from Street Fighter because there was the whole, uh, uh, there was the whole legend of like Shen Long being in the game. You must defeat Shang Long to beat me. Right. So he liked that, but he wanted to actually put one in the game that you could actually get, but he didn't tell anybody, not even like fellow like programmers or any, like uh, any, anybody in the team, like he kind of did it himself. And Tobias said, like he kind of didn't want to know, because he wanted he 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 wanted to keep that he, he wanted to have that mystery as well. And also, Ed Boon didn't trust anybody not to link it leak it, so he did it himself. I mean, that's how you keep a secret, keeping it from being leaked. Uh, apparently, John Tobias was a little bit ticked though, because like when like revision uh, uh what three was coming out, and like people were starting to talk about like encountering a reptile, he walked into Ed Boon's office and was like, okay, uh. Let me know, though, if, if you're going to put something in. And Ed Boon's like, okay. Yeah, I can see <laughs> yeah. that being I can see that being a problem for, like, lore standpoint. Right, yeah, for a lore standpoint. Because, like, Reptile and MK1 had no lore. And, like, literally, they didn't film any new moves for him. They didn't bring Dan Piscina back in to do anything. It's just it's just uh, Algamation of Scorpion and Sub-Zero. And I could be wrong, depending on the port, but, like... The, the the fucking word reptile doesn't even show up like in the energy bar it just it, says, and like, josh I, I was like i, I was i was uh, going to get to that but no you're right it his name is actually not reptile in one of the versions of the game the pit it shows up as scorpion right and, yeah yeah and reptile uh-huh. doesn't even have and, and reptile doesn't even have his own move set he has sub-zero and scorpion's move set because palette swap ninja <laughs> it's much like an mk2 jade has katana's fans and smoke has scorpion spear still so it's like you know Basically, Ed Boon was sitting there thinking about, like, yeah, the Street Fighter 2, like, Urban Legends, and, like, I want to put something in there. And he fucking coded it in there without telling John Tobias or anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, obviously... It's kind of a douchey move. It's, it's a little <laughs> bit of a douchey move, yeah. And, like, since it's a pellet swap, he doesn't need to bring anybody in to record anything or nothing. So he just sneaks in the secret character. Yeah, one thing actually like very unique about Reptile though, if you do manage to beat him, which some of these I think are kind of like uh, are kind of well known, but Reptile is one of the uh, only characters in the game that actually has a different movement speed than the other characters. Yeah, he's super fast. He, yeah, he's super fast. One of his he's messages actually, is, he, "You can't match my speed." <laughs> yeah, 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 yep. Yeah, he's yeah, he's super fast. And then if you do manage to beat him, the game like significantly ju- jumps up in difficulty level for like the oh, rest really? of it. Oh yeah, it does. 
I, oh. Like it gets like like so if you're playing it like let's say on very easy mode or something like that, and you beat Reptile, the game will auto correct it to basically hard mode for like oh. the rest of the game. I, effectively, I don't so, know exactly all the different specs that there's a difference between you know the hard mode after you beat Reptile versus the hard mode if you just set the game to that. I don't like I didn't do that deep of a dive, but I do know that it exists. Small aside, did any of us make any difficulty adjustments when playing for this episode? Did any of you? Uh, no, I just did. I just easy? did medium i, okay. I was all so default I for me yeah default i did yeah i did default okay yeah you don't have to mm-hmm. lie you could say you did hard you don't have to bra- you know it's you don't have to worry about bragging and i and, and actually <laughs> and actually and actually what you could do is that if you're fighting a reptile there's actually like a couple of like like little small tidbit of things that you could effectively do um against him which the computer would eventually adapt to but you know it you could does. use little strategy techniques which i found this out and actually did one of them in my own playthrough of the game just to confirm it existed at least in my version um you can do which the best name i found for is a tick block in mortal Kombat. and if you don't know what and if you don't know what that is um a tick block is very kind of similar in concept to a tick throw um is this like a half a press in super mario 64 (laughs) <laughs> uh, josh sorry, you're not continue. wrong but okay. um you seen you know how you'll know it when you and i are playing gara mark of the wolves when you do uh that just defend um yeah yeah that think of that as a tick block in mk1 it has it's the same concept but a different outcome so because mortal Kombat oh. has a block button um what you can do in i think all versions of the game have this um is that and a way you can uh, visualize it is that if you um, hit down and block or back and block at a precise moment when a hit is about to land, then you'll gain some sort of advantage on block, which allows you to then strike back faster. So you could think of it as like canceling, but it wasn't. It's kind of like the, the perfect block of MK11. Oh, yep. So a good example of this that 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 you would clearly see it is that Josh, if um if someone is doing a sweep and you do down and block to counter it, but let's just say that they throw the sweep out and you hit down and block at the same time, you'll stand and block and block it. It won't, like, the mm, game will re- the game will register you as actually crouching and blocking, but you are standing and blocking, and you'll still block it, allowing you to do a move without having to go through the standing up frames of animation. It's like a glitch exploit. Uh, yep, much. a little bit, but it is actually a technique. And the same thing applies with jab blocking or jab glitching. Um, this is a strategy that like competitive MK player, MK1 players actually use to where if you are holding block and then you're jabbing at the same time, but you do it in a perfectly timed sequence where the jab gets thrown out while the block is being um, held, then you'll stand there and you'll do like your crazy jabs or whatever, which gives you um, advantage because then what your opponent can do if they throw a projectile at you, when it comes at you, because you're holding block, you'll automatically block it, but you're still throwing jabs. So if they try to jump in on you, you can actually hit them out of it and basically spam it. It's basically a technique to uh, to use to actually uh, increase your advantage over your opponent. (laughs) So you can do little things like that. They're not easy to do as they are a technique and you have to press the buttons at the same, you know, like at a certain timing frame. But if you know how to do it with practice, you can really gain some advantages on your opponent and take advantage of a exploitative thing in the game, which is kind of fun. because we all know uh, one of the Mortal Kombat uh, strategies is just uh, tapping Y or B. Uh, 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 uh. Mm-hmm. 
Man, I'm, there's so many things I'm going to try as soon as we end this. Yeah, I, I, yes. this is shit I didn't know. I'm really interested yep. now. And of course, well, a couple of things you guys probably uh, did know, but it's still kind of fun to kind of go over it, is that there is no damage scaling in Mortal Kombat right. 1. That did not exist. Which uh, is why is, combos... Is that, is that not, uh, did that not exist in fighting games at all, or was it just Mortal Kombat? No, um, I, I don't think it really existed at all because it didn't exist in Street Fighter 2. I know that okay. much. And that was like sort of like the pinnacle fighting game. I don't think it was really kind of a thing because they weren't thinking like that. But then again, the reason why damage scaling was not really a thing in Mortal Kombat 1 is that the developers didn't think that you could like basically delete someone's life bar through like a set, <laughs> six, seven hit combo in Mortal Kombat 1. No one did because it's not like there was a strategy guide on how to do this. The people that found this stuff had to spend Lord knows how much money to practice with their like opponents to learn this stuff over time. Um, it's not like, you know, a guide was going to come out in Nintendo Power telling you how to do this. Right. So it was just little hidden secrets inside the game. But because of that, you know, uh, hits would do massive damage, basically. So in my own play through the game, it takes roughly six sweeps or six jump kicks, for example, to delete someone's life bar. So imagine if you do... That uh, that combo I was telling you about earlier, where you hit them out of the air, you jump and hit them again, and then you go into a special move, and there's no da damage scaling on any of that. You effectively have probably taken away half their life bar just with three hits, you know, just because there's no scaling. And That's so, crazy. If and if they're caught in a corner, then you're going to basically annihilate them because you can't push them back, so they're just going to fall, and you can juggle them. There's actually juggle combos for certain characters. <laughs> what would damage scaling do? Damage scaling effectively would remove the damage that each consequential hit does in the combo. So if... Uh, basically, so like if you're if doing you, like an endless string, the more hits you do, the less damage they do over the less time. Damage. Okay. So yeah. At yeah. that point, it's just showing off. Yeah, at that yeah. point, it, yeah, it's, it's, less, it's less effectiveness than it's showing off. Modern fighting games have this, like... You've seen in um in Tekken, damage scaling is in Tekken. Damage scaling is in yeah. Mortal Kombat 11. It's in uh, Street Fighter 5 and 4. I mean, like all this stuff has been in there for like a while is because they'd be. Uh, I, I I think it is. You guys keep but... saying Garo. Is that Garo the Fanged Wolf? Is like a fucking game version of it, or is it something else? No, 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 no. Uh, it's it's a uh, Garo Mark of the Wolves. It's a Fatal Fury. Oh, so it has nothing to do with the Sentai show. No, not Fate of Fury. Or what Sentai. Uh, SNK. Tokusatsu show. Okay. All right, no, but it's not Fate of Fury. It's King of Fighters. So, King um, of Fighters. It has King nothing to do with Garo the Fanged Wolf, the show? No. Garo is just a Japanese... Uh, is it a Japanese world? It has to be. I don't know. Yeah. But it's... Uh, yeah, it's two different, two different franchises. Gotcha. Okay. Anyway, continue. But also, going back a little bit to, like, movement speed. So, this is... Again, a dated concept of Mortal Kombat 1, but if you are looking on just the fighting plane of Mortal Kombat 1, there's no, like, sort of tapping forward or tapping backwards and going at different speed. You tap forward, you're going to take one step forward. You tap back, you're going to take one step back. And that is universal for all the selectable characters in the entire game. Um, the is, jumping is also sort of the same thing, but jumping in Mortal Kombat 1 is very, very wide range. In some cases, you can hit someone from full screen by jumping from one side of it to the other, with the exception of two yeah. characters. Um, Reptile is super fast, and Shang Tsung is super fast. Like, we're, they crank up those movement speeds for them, but none of those well, are of course, selectable in the game. because they're boss characters. They're not playable. Yeah, so and better. actually, surprisingly, Goro in my just playing him a little bit. Goro, it feels like that he had that he's slower, 
but he just hits harder. But That's no, right. he's just a bigger hitbox, but he actually covers the same distance. Like when he walks forward, he may be taking like one step forward, but he's not really going any further back and forth on the screen than you are. It's just, he's just big. He just looks intimidating. So even Goro is on the same sort of like speed, movement speed as you are. So it's kind of interesting when you think about it, like from a programming perspective, because every single character moves the exact same speed, regardless of who it is. They may have, they may have a different bulk, but they're still the same exact speed, no matter what you do. It's kind of a, it's kind of interesting because that's just not the case now these days. You can like go through with someone and sort of tap forward and do like your little footsie game with like with mm-hmm. characters now on these days but back in mk1 uh-uh. if you took a step forward you're committing to that step forward there's nothing you can do so it gets interesting on that note <laughs> a little bit let's see another fun aspect that i think is kind of interesting to note is that in mortal kombat 1 are you, are you guys uh, familiar with cross-ups or the concept of cross-ups um like in an anime uh trope that's where two people punch each other in the face at the same time? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> you seen? you probably know what it is, right? Josh, you kind of didn't get it, but you were oh. on the right track. I, I, I feel like I should know it, and I've heard it so much, but every time I am questioned about it, I'm like, I don't. So I guarantee, exactly I guarantee that both of you inherently know what cross-up is but didn't realize it was called that so a cross-up is when your opponent is facing you you jump over them and then you hit them on the other side of them before you land mm, okay. so oh yeah that's the i did i did i feel like i do that a lot in mk2 but it's hard to do that in mk1 is, is this oh, why the block can... button was invented instead of the the tried and true back to block the reason why you've seen is that you can't do it in MK1. MK1 has no cross-up game. This is a oh. by-design thing. So, and here's how you can tell. If you ever play the game again, watch yourself when you jump over an opponent's head. Like, just jump over them. Because if your game has cross-up, uh, has a cross-up game, when you jump over them, your character will face the opponent because you're on the other side of them. But in MK1, they don't. They still look out into the far distance as you jump over yeah. them while the opponent yeah. turn, turns towards you. Now, this makes oh. jumping in MK1 actually extremely dangerous for this reason, so, which is part of the reason why Johnny Cage um, and or someone like Raiden or even Liu Kang are very high up on the tier list because they can punish you for just because you jumped over them, which is sort of unheard of now because, like, take for example, if you jump over your opponent and you throw in a jumping kick, well, that kick is going to face off into the sunset. It's not going to face towards your opponent like you think it's going to. And because your back is to your opponent, because your opponent will turn around because they automatically do that because they will always face you when they're standing, you can then do a special move and punish them. And when you think about speed, Liu Kang's flying kick, Johnny Cage's shadow kick, Raiden's Superman electro gibberish fry, like whatever he does. You can punish the opponent severely if you can just take a couple steps forward when they jump and they end up on the other side of you because there's no cross-up game. That's interesting. Yeah, so that's like an inherent strategy, which is why like in MK1, jumping is extremely dangerous. It's a very good offensive tactic, but it's also dangerous if your opponent knows how to exploit that, it and it's it very causes bad them for me to jump over because you. My, my strategy always is to jump kick <laughs> jump kick in. Yeah. You may but imagine noticed. yeah, but Josh, how many times have you jump kicked in and the AI computer walked forward a little bit, you end up behind them and then they end up throwing you or hitting you because Couple guess times. what? They have they now have the advantage because your back is to them. <laughs> Especially Goro. 
Yep. Well, yeah, Goro, I just tried to not get close to. Yeah, but fun fact, I mean, this was corrected in MK2, by the way. MK, MK2 does have a cross-up game, but MK1 yeah, does. does not in any version of the game. And it's one of like those old relic games where they just, that's not where their brain was at the time. They didn't very, think about that. Very Mortal Kombat is very much attention. like... I mean, competitive fighting games weren't really a well, big thing. Well, I, I guess not. I mean, I don't know with uh, Street Fighter 2, how long did it take for a competitive scene to develop with that? Hmm? Say that like, again? Uh, how long did I mean, it, it came take? out a year before? So only there's only like really been a year, almost like, yeah, a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, a, I was just saying like how long did it take? When did like the fighting game scene like really like take shape? Uh, was it Street Fighter, of Street two. Fighter two? Street, Street Fighter two specifically. Street Fighter like, two was... came out a little more than a year before Mortal Kombat. So like by the time Mortal Kombat came out, was there already like people like analyzing this shit? You know? Right, yeah. but they were they were in development like they started development on it like as the hype for Street Fighter Two was like raised, rising. So like I feel like people are still learning all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like that stuff is still being developed as far as like the lexicon of you know fighting game community and you know learning all this stuff is like they I think I feel like people were still learning that stuff while they were making MK One. Maybe by the time they got to MK Two, that's when they started to like put these you know, elements into the new game because they were, it became more popular. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's like, but yeah, like those, like little, like little things like that with like no cross-up game, kind of like, like I especially learned this while playing Mortal Kombat 1. So I kept falling for a lot of AI tricks and to kind of like, you know, segue to that and do a little bit, the AI with what it does to you is going to be different version to version. And... I thought it was kind of funny that some bits of AI you could totally exploit. Like, I think even, um, I think uh, Ed Boone even said this at one point, but Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, because it was either Boone or Tobias that said this, that with their, like with any fighting game, the first match should always be easy and should always be more or less given to the player. Like, the basically the AI doesn't hardly do anything and they can just do whatever they want, and then the AI will basically fall for it every single time. That's always sort of an incentive to keep playing. I actually have not read that quote. Uh, that sounds like something Boone would say, and it sounds like something that, yeah, makes sense, because that's that's how a game should be. It starts you out easy, lets you get into it, and then, uh, uh, you know, then it But yeah, started. like, uh, but as you, of course, play through, because I think like a lot of people are know this about Mortal Kombat, is that as you go through the game and the tower, the AI will do some notoriously fun, cheap, terrifying things to you, no matter what you do. And at least in the NES version, I noticed this, but my favorite strategy for beating most of the AI was either giving getting them in a sweep lock, which depending on the character, will work, <laughs> um, but other times it but other times it won't work. Uh, I know for a fact that um, I know for a fact that if you try and do a sweep uh, strategy against Kano or Raiden or Sub Zero or Liu Kang, um, those characters will immediately go into their charge move. So like if I try and if I try and sweep Kano, and I know because I actually counted this, I you can sweep him three times 
three times he'll let it happen. But after that, he's going to auto do his um, do his force ball or his ball move on you. Same, and I mm. think with Raiden, w- with Raiden, it's twice. He'll let you sweep him twice, and then he's going to go into his electric fly. Yeah, and Luke good Kane, strategy is don't don't spam too much. Spam for yeah. two to three, and then switch to another technique. But. But, yep. but dude, I mean, but dude, it's funny. Like you can sweep Sonya, Sonya Blade all day. If you just really? sweep her, like she won't stop it. Because I did this on many different levels of diffi- uh, of difficulty in the tower. There were times where I fought her first. There were times where I fought her last, and I just went got close to her, well, sweeped uh, th- her. This is on the Super Nintendo version. Yeah, yeah, and this, uh, and I should preface this. It's going to be different which version of the game you play on what console. But for the Super Nintendo, that was you know relatively easy to do on most characters. Interesting. And, but of course, one thing that the AI will do, and I think this is universal for the most part, is that they will figure out a way to throw you 10 times out of 10, no matter how close you are to well, them, uh, if you happen to get close that, to That's them. the Super Nintendo version, which uh, UJ primarily played. I played both that and the GOG version, which, uh, yeah, small drop, small surprise. What? I fucking played the Genesis version, too. Oh, what? I, yeah, yeah, yeah what? I didn't fucking tell you. I can't. I dropped that shit. I dropped that an hour and forty five minutes into the podcast. I doubt I beat the, the Super Nintendo version. I'm like, I never played the Genesis version. I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna download a ROM of that. I played the Genesis <laughs> version. Uh, the Genesis version, uh, the AI is the most forgiving. Uh, I beat fucking Goro in one try, and that uh, yeah, got through the really? no try. Um, and and, and and we can get on to later. Uh, I'll, I'll 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 make some. Uh, Admittances. I'll admit to some things that the Genesis version does do better now that I finally played it. But yeah, I played the fucking DOS version. I played the fucking Super Nintendo version. I played the fucking Genesis for. I'm the Mortal Kombat Supreme Champion. Fuck y'all. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 I. I well, you I, did. I, it sounds like you did play the most version because I've only. I guess so. Yeah. Genesis yeah. I only, I only played, played the. I only played the SNES version. Jay, so you had the shit end of the stick because the SNES version is the best presentation wise, except for a few parts. It's the worst gameplay wise. God damn, yeah. it's so worse. Which, but it's funny because like a lot of this stuff I was researching, I played the shittiest ver- or I played a shit version of the game. But I was able to do the tick block that I talked about earlier and the glitch jab. I mean, so anything I can't you're do talking it, about, I, I guess I'll, I'll test out first on the Super Nintendo version. Uh, but let me tell you something I wasn't able to do. And, I, dude, I tried. Like, I spent an hour trying to do this. And even though it's really, really good, it's just freaking hard. And that's Sonya Blade's um, leg grab combo. Mm. So to kind of go into that a little bit, this is this leg grab combo that she can do... Um, is the reason why that she is like the tier one god character in the game. It's not the only reason why, but it's a big, huge part of it. Because if you, I recommend that you two actually play Sonya Blade just to try this out. And you, can I did that see, last night. Yeah, I dabbled yeah, in yeah. her last night too. Version. And like the moves are like, what the fuck? This is such a weird. Well, like yeah, her leg grab combo. Her, her leg grab is weird anyway. But what's neat about it, just from a programming perspective, is that when you do the leg grab, you'll throw the opponent down. And they'll bound not once but twice. And because they bound twice, that gives you a little window of opportunity because you will recover first and you can walk up to them 
And then while they're getting up from that animation of the second bound, you can leg grab them again. And there is no solution that the um, AI will have for it. It'll just let it happen. And the reason for that is that when they were programming that leg grab, they didn't think to program a recovery counter for it if you walk up and do it immediately after one or the other. So that in a, in a, that in a, in a way is a programming miss. So you can effectively just infinite someone in that and there's nothing the opponent can do. You can even do it in two player mode. All you have to do is that leg grab them once, but typically on a punish, meaning your opponent doesn't move, they miss it, and you leg grab them leg, leg grab them as a result of that to punish them. And then right when you leg grab them, take like two steps forward and then do the leg grab immediately again. You'll hit it, you'll throw them on the other side, take two steps forward, do it again. And you can keep on doing it and it will and it will infinite them. There's no way out of it. it if you, The only problem is, it is really hard to keep that up because you have to hit effectively four buttons at the same time with perfect timing after two steps in order to actually land that. But if you can do it, and you can do it consistently through muscle memory, you will infinite your opponent every single time, and you just made Mortal Kombat 1 the easiest move in the game. Huh. <laughs> so it is, it, it, is, it, like, it is actually, in a lot of ways, a broken move. It's, the key, it's probably the, the most thing broken is muscle move memory. that Sony's ever you got to be really good about that shit. Dude, the... Yeah. Uh, Playing one thing I noticed about Sony Blade playing, uh, trying out on the arcade version, and I was looking at like, I just had like, MK Secrets kind of you know mm-hmm. on another screen as I was playing it, just to, like to see the moves. Like her ring toss is different in three different versions. Yep, no it shit, is. Right? Like, <laughs> like in in the regular arcade version is you know back low low punch back low punch. If you do the revision A arcade, it's just low punch back low punch. The fucking move the is different do- each time. If you do the PC DOS version, is back back low punch. Yeah, and dude, like I could kind of do like I tried, like I said earlier, I tried for an hour to do this leg grab thing, and I could not do it consistently. I think I did it consistently. Like three leg grabs, and dude, that hurt my fingers because I had to like try to like press all four buttons on the NES controller. Dude, I will say, I will say, like playing this game. Uh, extensively like <laughs> my forearm was like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no no like, wonder it, so, i couldn't fucking get sonya to work apparently if her fucking moves are different depending on which system you're playing and yeah the, the p the pc dos apparently has a different version for at least for for her but yeah Everything uh, else is the same. Uh, well no the, the the slide is different between uh the arcade and the genesis version. oh that's the other thing i i was talking to you jay before we started recording i can't fucking get sub-zero's slide down no matter the version i'm playing dude uh, dude dude if it makes you feel any better it's very i can't do johnny cage's shadow kick like half the time i it, try because it's the same ironic. button input that, that's Sub-Zero's ironic slide, that as far as i'm aware is back johnny forward cage. is back forward low kick johnny cage's yeah. um shadow kick is back forward low kick and surprisingly sub-zero's hmm? slide's supposed to be back while holding a high kick and low kick, but it don't do fucking shit when I try it. Try try back forward, try back forward, low kick. I pro- mm-hmm. maybe on the SNES version it'll work. Maybe his move um, is different in different versions, which you've seen if you're on MK Secrets. There's yeah, it, it uh, probably says it. So it says the arcade version is hold block, hold block, low punch, low kick. No, hold back, low punch, back. low kick, and block. That's a oh, block. Okay, I didn't do the block for the arcade version. The Sega version. Is hold back, low kick, and high kick. Interesting. So I think you so, need to do. You need to hold yeah, block. I was probably looking up the Sega move, and I was playing the arcade version at the time, so that's why it didn't work. Okay. 
Yep. Interesting. Not that I fucking uh, care about Sub Zero because he killed Scorpion, my hero. So fuck. <laughs> Which fuck. I want. That's what I want to get into. Like the story. Lore yeah, because like one interesting yeah. thing to point out the whole some, like, Jay, like you, you like to make fun of Scorpion and say my family. That really didn't come in until MK4. Uh, is is ending here? It kind of did. It kind of did. But yeah, we can we can get into the lore too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Jay, if you have anything else to say about? Yeah, yeah, but not. I mean, but I mean, but not too much. I did want to touch base on like, like basically, which character has, you know? And actually, I'll just take. I'll, I'll just ask you to this like quick question: and Which move, which special move in Mortal Kombat does the absolute most damage? Which one? Uh, is that like? Is this like a, a pop quiz? Like a guess? Yeah, pop yeah, quiz, yeah. Hot shot. Pop quiz, hot shot. Which Mortal Kombat move does the most damage? Uh, you need to. What do you fucking do? I'm gonna say it's uh, surprisingly Sonya's leg wrap. Okay. I'm yes. gonna say mm, Johnny Cage's shadow kick. Okay. Both of you are wrong, and you'll be. And, and it, but here's the thing: to kind of give you like a little forgiveness, the character that has the most damaging move is not selectable. It's actually Shang Tsung's fireballs. <laughs> oh, well, that's not uh, fucking count. No, see, that's that's not what we're. T- See, <laughs> I never said select. I never, he, he fires I never, like five I, of them at once. Yes, yeah, but I never said. I never too. said. I never said selectable character though. But what? But I, Dude, I was. If, I was surprised mm. to learn that because, like, if well, yeah, you, he's it, a final boss. Yeah, he's yeah, gonna he fucking deal the most damage. Get, if that was the case, I would have said either Goro's uh, like his grab where he does the boom 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 Shang Tsung's like fireball thing because he throws like five of them at you. Yep, and they yep. all are screaming um, with the rage and cheap torment question. of all the souls. It was, that are it was, but that's why I thought it was kind of fun just to kind of ask it. But I, but one thing I, one thing I didn't know, dude, I didn't really know how much damage that thing took depending on how it hits. Because fireball, oh, there's actually a strategy or a little bit of a strategy about that. It's actually better. It's actually better to let those things hit you rather than you block them. It's a what? weird move. Because How? and actually, the reason why is that those things do a crap ton of chip damage. So if you block them, um, they will do just as much damage as all five of them hitting you standing up. Like that's how devastating those things are. And if they hit you in the air, then there goes like seventy five percent of your life because you're taking like extra damage because you're getting hit in the air. Apparently, this is like a Shang Tsung thing. You so take the best more damage the, in the air. Okay. Yeah, that's why the best thing to do really against those things is duck. Because if you duck, they'll just go over you. Um, uh, but yeah. if you get hit with them, I mean, it'll like if you get hit with them blocking or standing, then you'll probably take like a good like a chunk of life but dude if, if if he juggles you with those things in the air and you you take the hit from the first skull and then and, and of course after that you're gonna you're gonna take all five as a result of it dude that's gonna do so much damage but that's one of those things i kind of like knowing is like what is the most damaging move in mortal Kombat in terms of like damage from one hit okay so and can you tell me who the most damaging uh, the fucking most damaging move is from the uh, playable characters from a playable character, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. and actually, yeah, um, that would be Sonya Blade's um, leg crab. Okay, so I was right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah, because because it, it's a throw. Throws tend to do more damage in MK1 than other fighting games do. So yeah, I mean, but it's not by much because Goro's throw does just as much damage uh, as Sonya's leg grab does. Yeah, that's just cheating. Yeah. And, uh, so so, question like, uh, what was? What was your favorite character to play as? I didn't play every character. Uh, Oddly enough, it's a tie between Liu Kang and Johnny Cage. 
Yeah. I'm still surprised that you played Johnny Cage. Because, like, you, yeah, you would even, I, like, like, you didn't, did you have to take a shower afterwards? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, after I, after I, after I, like, projectile vomited all over my room, <laughs> took a shower. Um, no, it was, I was just playing different characters. Like, I played at Sub-Zero, and I was like, oh, Sub-Zero is terrible in this game. Really? He's so slow. He's, he's actually slow. The, he's actually the easiest person though to pick if you want to beat Goro. Really? No, I get that. I get that, but it's like there were so many times where I just kept getting hit out of like my freeze ball. Like I would do the freeze ball and you would see it come out of my hand and then I'd get hit out of it and it doesn't do anything. Oh dude, yeah, I could get canceled so easily. Yeah, it, it it does that a lot. And then his uppercuts feel slower than everybody else's. That's the thing I was surprised to learn. Like not everybody is a perfect uh, template. Everyone's the uppercuts all have different reaches and stuff, right, Jay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, you seen just to kind of like expand on that a little bit. Yeah, um, the reason why uh, Sub Zero's uppercut is slow is because it is like Sub Zero and Scorpion, by speed comparison, are are worst on the tier list. Now, granted, take tier list with a grain of salt because there are people that if they knew, if you know how to play a character good enough, you can beat anybody with anything depending yeah. on matchups, but for right, the I'm sake of just scorpion, analyzing, uh, for the sake of just analyzing like frame data for this, Sub Zero and Scorpion, because they are palette swaps in a way, um, have the exact same neutrals. So their punches and their kicks like come out the exact same way. They do the exact same damage, and they're universally kind of slow. Their uppercuts are slow. You won't be able to really anti-air people really well with those things. You can get a couple of standing uppercuts with them, but they're gonna be slow compared to all the other characters. And Sub Zero's uh, freeze ball is incredibly slow on recovery. So you fire it out, and then after you fire it out, you're going to just stand there for a while. So if the opponent jumps over it, they can hit you from sometimes across the entire screen, and you're still standing yeah. in that same pose. Just and like same Scorpion thing, Spear. Yeah, just like Scorpion same Spear. Same with Goro, actually. Yep. Goro's and, fireball, if, he, if you jump over it, like he does a bunch of time where you can just jump kick him. Yep, from full screen. So those are like yeah. universally... like. Uh, basically slow moves. And by comparison, the reason why you like Johnny Cage more is that Johnny Cage actually has the fastest uppercut in the game. It doesn't have the most range, but it is the fastest in the entire game. Yeah. And he has a lot of... And he has he has a really good way to like close distance on you. His shadow kick can cover a lot of distance. It's good on wake up. It can hit, it, it can technically be used as an anti-air and it does like decent, like decent damage. He also has some really good wake up setups that he can do too. Same for Liu Kang's dragon kick. Liu Kang's like flying yeah. kick, yeah. Which yeah, I fucking love yeah. because like it does, if you're too close to the character, it doesn't hit nine out of 10 times, but it's a great yep. way to teleport you to the other side yep. of the thing. Yep. And he makes, in the arcade version, he makes the greatest, Whoa! In the, in the in the home versions, he just like does a quick, Whoa! But in the arcade version, Dude, his voice fucking yeah. echoes. It's so obnoxious. It's great. You know what's what's weird is that like uh, the audio, the voices are different, or like there's different. There's some stuff left out of the Sega version. Yeah, the Sega version uh, loses points and presentation because they don't have they don't have any of Liu Kang's Bruce Lee voices. You know, they uh, literally it's just Scorpion's obligatory get over here and. Uh, Almost that's it no, because you don't even have a character. No raid. No raid. Yeah, the Raiden doesn't do his. Blah, 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 blah. And there's no character names. Which Sega, is, Sega version in sucks. Very racist. Is it? Yeah, it kind of is. It feels, I don't even know what racist. what stereotype he's saying. I, it just sounds like he's, he's trying to do like 
generic or uh, some kind of like generic Asian generic Asian tongue. god thing maybe I would like, like I, language I, I, thing I, you know I, like I didn't look up those. much about that I'd like to know the backstory about that the I would actually like to believe now though just you know for my positive outlook on life is that it is not like it like he's not speak he's not like you know making fun of any language on earth he's speaking elder god language oh there you so. go yeah elder god language yeah elder god I'm, not, I'm a or, bit more pessimistic I'm like you know, it was, it was like four white dudes in Chicago. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have written in a, a, a book. I not uh, to say not to say that a... they were they were like not to you know imply anything, but I'm just saying like it was the early '90s. It's four white dudes that the... watched a bunch of fucking Asian or Asian inspired movies, and and yeah, yeah, right. I mean, by extension, I guess Luke Kane's bicycle kick would also be kind of just as bad. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I, I have uh, here in front of me a book I penned uh, and bounded in the second grade, um, where we had a project where we like bound a book. It's like fucking twelve pages, and it's entitled "Mortal Kombat." And it's about how much I huh. fucking love Mortal Kombat. And there's a segment here uh, where I describe. Uh, Raiden, uh, and I have a very crudely drawn picture of Raiden supermaning into uh, Sub-Zero. Uh, I can't tell because it's drawn in black and white, but I drew the little uh, the energy bar name there. It says Sub-Zero. It says the NES, <laughs> SNES version has digitized voices and better graphics than the arcade. Citation needed. Um, <laughs> sometimes when Raiden does the Superman, he yells something like, and I interpreted it in my second grade, uh, which would be, what, 10 years old, mind. Chili, chili, mama! <laughs> and I have a chili, picture chili, of the, mama? Chili, chili, mama is how I thought uh, when I was 10 years old. That That's what Raiden was saying. <laughs> <laughs> there. I mean, it's, the same thing, it's the same thing, like, weirdly enough, even though it was accurate. The uh, Street Fighter, like, sounds... Like hearing like uh, <laughs> Ryu or Ken saying like you know oh god Tatsumaku saying Tatsumaku sen Tatsumaki Sepukin you know what I thought Hadouken Kyaku, sounded like Simple Kyaku yeah yeah Simple Kyaku and then the Simple Kyaku but to us it's back then it just sounded like that's all it sounded like uh, you know you know what Hadouken sounded like to me as a kid I thought he said I love piss I love piss. I love piss, and then when and then when he does the uppercut, it's like, "Oh, you piss!" Like he's getting ready to say, "Oh, you piss me off," but he just like cuts off right at the last second. That's Ran- what I uh, interpret. Random aside, yeah. I'm watching uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine right now. Oh. Great show, by the way. It's really funny. Isn't but that Scott Bakula and uh, fucking um, what's this dude from Law and Order? What different show? Who? Huh? Brooklyn Nine Nine is a comedy. Yeah, I know. Uh, Scott, I don't know. Scott, Scott Bakula and fucking uh, goddamn, what's his goddamn fucking name? We'll let we'll let you figure that out. Josh, okay, yeah, that, that, that but out. no, what I'm saying is what I'm saying is that uh, there's an episode where they're like, you know, they're trying to solve a case or whatever, and there's like a, a fake wall that has like a bunch of like money behind it, <laughs> and the main guy, uh, Eddie and uh, Andy Samberg, like he's like. Being all cocky doing his presentation. This Andre like, Brower, I'm sorry. Thing. Okay. So he and he's like, and then why would they have this fake thing behind here? And then he does it Hadouken. <laughs> but the way he says he's like, Hadouken. And he, he hits the wall and it explodes or whatever. Are you fucking kidding so it's like, me? Every, I knew yeah. it was a comedy, but they really <laughs> go that far. They really did the whole Hadouken. Wow. I was like, I guess it's just how everybody kind of interpreted what was being said. 
back then and it kind of just stuck for them. It's like when Jay and I were watching like, Castlevania season two and he like, like unlocks like a chest or something. And like, there's a big like mystery about what it is. And I'm like, I'm kind of half drunk when I'm watching it. And I'm like, it's a pork chop. It's a pork chop. <laughs> 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 yeah. It really got a biz actually. Yeah. That's great. Um, but no, like um, it, it, at least, uh, at least FYI, like, we're going over two hours, um, but I'm okay. We're going to two and a half hours. If we still got some shit to talk about. Well, I, I can at least say that my like my whole closing thing is like kind of done as far as talking about the mechanics of the game. Which, by the which way, special, which by the way, like special shout out to like uh, MKSecrets.net. A lot of the information that I that I tried to do both in the game and research like came from them. And also, there is a um, a YouTube video that actually like put me on the quest to find like the tick blocks and the glitch uh, and the jab glitches and trying to do like Sonya's thing with her leg grab and the YouTube video has numbers and capital letters in it. So I'm not, I don't remember it, but I know that the name of the video was called uh, MK1 Meta. And oh, I yeah, I may have watched that. I may have and, watched and I guarantee you probably have. It's by a, uh, the dude who, he does like an MK Meta for all the different Mortal Kombat games and, and also lore. He, he, he does a lot of research into this stuff and he's got some great stuff in there. And he's actually part of the, fighting game community and he's actually one of these people that actually has played at mk1 tournaments that have actually been held in recent days just for fun for its anniversary so the man knows his stuff and um a lot and a lot of the uh, fun tricks i tried to find for this podcast came from him so special shout out to that guy he does That's so much stuff, stuff we, we we uh didn't even get to talk about yet uh which like like that fucking promo video in australia or whatever i thought it was oh, for the uh, yeah, with fucking uh, Hosung Pak and Daniel Pacina and Elizabeth Malecki all showing up to just, like, talk shit. Oh, yeah. That was great. <laughs> Mortal Kombat is true to life. Or is it death? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I read an interview with Daniel Pacina because, like, you have him and Elizabeth Malecki uh, just playing each other in the game. And, like, uh, Elizabeth just, like, trounces him. And they ask him at the end, like, what happened? He's like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. And Daniel Pacino, like, later admitted, like, yeah, he don't know fucking jack shit about the game. And neither did uh, Malecki, but she trounced him because that's a testament to Mortal Kombat. It's eh, it's a button masher game. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, but if I, I saw the video, and she definitely like she knew what she was doing a lot more than he I think did. so. She did do the fatality. So she might have yeah. looked up a little Prima strategy guide before she showed up. Or they, or it's the magic of editing. Someone else did it, <laughs> or that too. Yeah, you can't believe what you see in TV these days, kids. Who knows? It's a, um, it's a delightful video, though. I will say one thing to note that we we mentioned back in the uh, Mortal Kombat '95 movie uh, review is that uh, the promos for the home console version of MK1 is what spawned the Mortal Kombat screen, right? Which got which ended up being used in oh the um. Uh, movie and in the song for the movie. I have an interesting thing to add to that, but let me let let you go where you're going. I mean, that's that's pretty much what I was, I was well, going to uh, uh, say about that part. Yeah. I, I uncovered a TV spot for that ad campaign uh, that already uses Techno Syndrome in it. Oh, so the the time frame from the Mortal Monday commercial, the Mortal Kombat, fucking goddamn bad. And Techno Syndrome and the whole album, Mortal Kombat album being created was pretty short to the point where, like, really? they already were like, that sounds cool. We're going to grab that for a song. 
and the song was used. Yeah, it was like in a TV spot for Mortal Monday already. I mean, that that, that spot was everywhere. Yeah, I'm, it was, but I don't remember seeing it as a kid. Like I said, I, mean, first, I don't remember seeing because the first commercial I remember so seeing as a really kid was aware. the one I described in the other episode of Mortal Kombat Two, with like walking, running through the woods and stuff like that. No, yeah, the, I mean, ninety three when that when the console version came out, I, I still wasn't completely aware of Mortal Kombat. I think. So I didn't. I don't know if I saw that commercial, but watching it now is like, yeah, you could definitely. Like he's, I think he's the second person who says Mortal Kombat. Yeah, second or third. It's like right in the middle, yeah. and he says it twice. And yeah, History just to say, his, his name is Kyle White. Kyle White, the actor who, uh, the unsung hero who never got paid for his dues, but you're literally the most recognizable thing in this franchise. Uh, this buzz. Literally, to everybody who said, who knows Mortal Kombat pretty much knows that scream. Yeah, like I said. High school pep rally. His scream fronts the whole That's fucking amazing. like cheerleaders doing their thing. And it's like, you roll with it because it's fucking Mortal Kombat. You know the song. The legendary Kyle White. Kyle White. All around the world. There needs to be a statue made of you in the statue garden. Uh, the statue garden stage, which. Uh, oh. Hmm. A uh, little fun fact that I, as I'm uncovering, uh, like looking up facts, which is yeah. a bit of a. Random, but in 2019, Mortal Kombat got inducted into the World Video Game Hall of Fame. I didn't know there was a World Video Game Hall of Fame. That's there it is, but I, but I didn't know. I, I knew that there was one, but I didn't know that that happened. So there's there's a fun fun fact for that fucking time. <laughs> they, 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 got, they got they got nominated or something in like 2017, and they became finalists. But it wasn't until 2019 where they got inducted. And it's really cool because if you go to the World uh, Video Game Hall of Fame. There's like one video that kind of explains in like a minute and a half what Mortal Kombat is. It is another video um, that's like a current 2019 video of, you know, John Tobias, Ed Boon, uh, shoot, sorry, I'm forgetting the other. John Vogel and Dan Ford? Uh, John, Dan, wait, which one is the one that's the toasty guy? That's Dan Ford. Okay, he wasn't there, so the other guy was there, and then they, they, they introduced themselves, and then they said, uh, us plus uh, Dan, and then you just see Toasty come up from the corner, Toasty. and they kind of all look, they kind of all look at the corner for a second, and then go back to the screen, <laughs> and, and then they say, you know, thank you for you know having us inducted into the Hall of Fame, kind of thing. That's cool. So, yeah, yeah, like yeah, they I are fucking took it long enough, but <laughs> yeah, I know it's crazy. Uh, well, like yeah, I said, I didn't even know there was a video game Hall of Fame until like just now. So. Yeah, I didn't know either. I guess it's not something that's really. Advertised. Mentioned in, like, the video game community, I think. I think it's more of a formal... Mm. Yeah, because, like, we don't fucking care. We just want to play great games. Right. I mean, so this is still one of the greatest games ever made. Yeah. Yeah, as uh, revisiting it now, I can I can confidently say... I used to incorrectly say that, oh, Mortal Kombat 1, it was that real clunky one. No one wants to fucking play it now. I even watched yeah. a video uh, from a, a YouTube video... Or YouTube channel I'm starting to really like called uh, SNES Drunk. Uh, SNES drunk. I don't like saying SNES, but that's how they say it. Where they said, is Mortal Kombat 1 worth revisiting? And they said, nah. But they were specifically talking about the SNES version. And yeah, it's kind of true, because the SNES version is kind of fucking clunky. But if you go play it properly, it's a fucking good game. Yeah, It's simple. It's it's direct. But, uh, and like I said, I'm playing, and you see, and, and Jay's playing against the CPU. You seen? Did you, you said you got to play of your brother, right? Did you ever get to do that? Yeah, I played a little bit of the Genesis version against my brother. How'd that go? Uh, uh, 
Because, like, how, how was it compared to playing against the cheap CPU? Like, was there, like, strategy? Oh, or definitely. Or like, all lose its, like, appeal? No, it's still fun. It's still fun. Uh, it's it's a bit less... It's less frustrating because <laughs> yeah. you don't get the cheap, like, if if this, then do that kind of programming that, you know, the AI has. Right. So it's a lot better back and forth-wise. But I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, obviously, I'm going to prefer the two-player version of mk2 over this but i think it's still a lot of fun i don't think it detracts from what mortal kombat is i think it adds to it actually i guarantee you that um mortal kombat 1 like 10 times out of 10 100 out of 100 will be way more fun to play than say street fighter 1 if you've ever played that game oh, oh so, street fighter 1. yeah street fighter 1 yeah but is yeah, it better yeah, to play street, is it more yeah, fun street, to play street, than street fighter 2 uh uh, no, I, like, like, yeah, yeah, I can go ahead and say no. no Street, yeah. Street Fighter Two sort of like established so many things that fighting games have just built on on ever since. Like Street Fighter Two is kind of a trendsetter. I wouldn't put. I don't even like to compare Mortal Kombat One and Street Fighter Two. That's just two entirely different light years and leaps of logic on that one. It's more. It's much more productive to compare Mortal Kombat Two to Street Fighter Two because Mortal mm. Kombat Two actually. You know, I have to you know, confirm which one, but I'm actually very certain that Mortal Kombat 2 actually got it, got inspiration for some of its improvements from Street Fighter 2. Like I was talking about cross up. Um, oh, it had to, yeah. It's yeah, an interesting yeah. claim, Jay. We're gonna have to follow that up when we do our MK2 episode. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 very confident about it, but I'm not gonna sit sit here and say it's definitive because yeah, I didn't research anything from Mortal Kombat 2, not yet. <laughs> but that right. will happen at some point in a future episode. You know what we should do? Hmm. Whenever we're able to hang out, we should play Mortal Kombat. Yes, one. absolutely. Um, we should. I was saying, like, it's a very, it's a goddamn shame in the current COVID days that we couldn't, like, all, like, you know, put the test and, like, play it one-on-one. And, you know, we didn't, we did it not too long ago. Uh, you seen you and me, we played uh, the... We did, yeah. Yeah, like, on, on Jay's Xbox, we played the MK Collection, and I... I don't know how much time we spent on one because I think we were like too eager to like move on to two. Um, yeah, I think, like, I think actually I think I think it was the, NS, uh, the SNS Classic. Well, yeah, it, well I think no, I think we played like the, the Xbox uh, port too. Oh, and we, then and I think there was both, a yeah. separate time when Jay was on vacation and I was living in his place and you came over to visit right. and we played the mini. Yeah. Um, but like I've heard some criticism launched at the Steam version currently. Like I, I was really? looking at a Steam forum or a GOG forum, and someone's like talking about it, and they're like, "Don't, dude, don't fucking bother with the Steam version. Get the GOG version." I'm like, "Interesting," but I didn't get why much more detail onto why. Uh, so it's like it'd be interesting for you guys to play me, like on like like the, the, the fucking GOG version, or or you know we could all fucking spring three hundred dollars for the fucking one up <laughs> arcade version, which I guess is hard to find now. You know which you know I'm talking about the, the the fucking things you could buy at Walmart the little half. Sorry, oh okay. Sorry, you broke up. I'm broke up. Yeah, okay. The 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 one up machine things that are like the rage oh, at Walmart that. and all that shit. I'm not nah, much for those. I'd rather get like a, a legit arcade fucking cabinet. But you know. But that's the thing. I'm not like hmm. I'm not a fighting stick. Yeah, person, so I'm more comfortable playing to... on a gamepad. Jay will disagree. I'm more comfortable playing on a gamepad. I will Same, definitely too. I, yeah. except I, yeah. except it's really hard to do like well not hard but it, it kind of hurts especially on the Genesis controller to do uh Liu Kang's fatality because you got to do the 360 on the D-pad uh, why is that harder on the Genesis is the D-pad positioned weirdly or something well the 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 the, 
the three button one, like the D pad is like, I don't know, it's, it's got like sharper edges and it, it kind of messes up your thumb if you keep doing it. Yeah, it will, it will definitely mess up. Yeah, yeah. Like, you'd actually, like, honestly, Josh, you'd have to actually, like, look at a Genesis controller, just pull one up online. So I've looked at, like, know like if you, <laughs> twice in my um, life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, but, the, the Genesis, the thing is, like, the D pad is different between the three button and the six button controller. Okay. Yeah. The six but button all, controller is a bit better. But also, like, one thing about Mortal Kombat 1 is that it, it was originally conceived as an arcade game, so it is designed right. yeah. as such. So, like, you, I've, I really feel like the pu- the purest experience of Mortal Kombat 1, um, in quotation marks, is going to be on an arcade stick. Because when you think about the move input, which is, like, back, forward, holding block and doing this, which is very weird on a controller because you're effectively only using two fingers. You're using your thumb and your forefinger, maybe your index finger, um, unless you're someone like me who only uses just those two um, but on an arcade stick you actually have to hold the joystick you're using more fingers to input buttons and there's no like guessing like because the buttons are big they're more like they're some of them are likely caved in depending on which machine you're working on so pressing a button to do a, a high punch or a low punch is going to is going to feel a lot more satisfying from an input perspective so you're going to feel a lot more confident in your execution than you would than you would than you would sliding your thumb on a d-pad it's just going to be a better experience i always feel more awkward using an arcade control and i think that comes mostly from just the joystick just using the joystick yeah but I mean, that's really just like at the end. Um, at the end. At the end of the day, that's just really just kind of like. Um, at the end of the day, that's just really just sort of like a preference on which one you're going to use. But I won't go too much into the preference of controller sticks because the episode. Uh, that's not what this episode is about. At least not this one. <laughs> well, yeah. this episode's about a lot of things, and this game has a lot to fucking cover. Like I, 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 I'm at ends into whether cover the history of it, what we thought of the game, to the lore, which we barely covered uh barely covered but I think- which is i mean it's it's very rudiments like not rudimentary but it's like they were laying the groundwork for things but you know by the time they get to like mk2 and 3 and then once the movie comes out like it's they definitely it got evolves bearings, in many so. different ways evolution also with the comics key. yeah the comics helped uh, the, the, uh john tobias worked on uh, a tie-in comic as the game is releasing which i believe i read back in the day but it's like mm. You know, they didn't really get an idea for what the full story was going to be until about MK2 and the movie coming out. So MK1 is this kind of like early look at, you know, just uh, Enter the Dragon spinoff, you know, tribute with uh, little flourishes of what would eventually would evolve to be what we know as an right. MK story. Like there's, there's some stuff in the bios that are like very basic i guess like scorpion like there's nothing really said about scorpion in his bio until you get to the ending yeah i love that you learn about him where you learn about his like you know his wife and kid but you don't there's nothing that says that sub-zero killed them i guess yeah like the the that's the thing the whole um because jay likes to poke fun at scorpion uh to twist the knife into my side um my that's family. why i do it josh yeah but that never really came around to mk4 MK1 story yeah. was just the only vengeance he seeked was because Sub Zero killed him, and uh, the the ending uh, of MK1 was literally uh, basically he ave- he kills Scorpion, he avenges him, and I have it here actually. The price was still high. He can never again know his family and must exist forever with his secret curse. Which is like I was wondering, like, well, why didn't he fucking visit? He can't. His curse doesn't allow him to. So it wasn't until MK4 that you know when they. 
I don't want to say retconning, but they, you know, revelations like Sindel and Eleven, Quan Chi comes about and reveals that, you know, oh, hey, uh, uh, Kwai Lang killed your family, by the way. Fucking what? Oh, ha, 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 ha. It was just me all along. They added that shit later. So it just, yeah. Scorpion just cares about himself. Sub-Zero wasn't there Dude. for anything other than to assassinate Shang Tsung. What were we going to say? Yeah. I was gonna say I was, I was gonna say like the the one that's the most shocking to me is Raiden. <laughs> yeah. Like oh yeah. my god! Like I didn't know about this because I mean I've always like whether it's you know I mean like I said before in previous episodes most of what I knew about lore mostly was either from the movies or you know shows or the later games stuff like that. And Raiden has always been kind of like you know the father figure. I don't inter- I don't I don't interfere you know. Humans have to deal with this, but I'll jump in at the last minute. But he's also kind of pessimistic. I didn't realize that in MK1, like, he entered the tournament as out a, of a whim. As an invite, kind of sort of. Because, like, basically, like, two. He was invited by Shang Tsung, I think. The whole premise of Mortal Kombat 1 was before they had the idea of, like, Mortal Kombat as a tournament that's meant to, like, keep the realms in balance, all that bullshit. They didn't even have the concept of Outworld. It was just basically Shang Tsung right. and Goro Earth Threat. And the idea was it used to be the, the Shaolin tournament until Shang Tsung got corrupted by, because he's from Earth, got corrupted by like Outworld influences and introduced death into the tournament when Goro fights the great Kung Lao and defeats him and kills him. And then he's the host of the tournament. So as the right. host of this new tournament, he just puts out like open invites and this Thunder God's like, yeah, I'll fucking see what these fucking guys are coming up with. And, and then, like, his form is he chose a human form to basically fit in. Um, but, like, the, his ending is just right. brutal. But, like, like all the endings are he, supposed to be non canon. They're like LOL, what ifs. But, yeah. Right. <laughs> but the fact that his, his ending is like, oh, he won, which was no surprise to him. But then he got bored with the competition. So then he invited other, like, gods to fight and participate. And that ended up being battle, a battle that in. Like went on for ages and basically destroyed the earth, and then it says happy nice nice birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck That's you, insane. Earth. I <laughs> know oh, it's so cool. It's such a you know belittling. I love the ending. quirkiness of this of uh, the lore. I like it. I, well, I like non-canon ridiculous endings, and they've been like a tradition that's carried on even to the MK11. Just like you know, there's only one canon ending, but like, what if so and so wins? Oh. Crazy shit could happen. Also, I love. In, I, I, again, shocking for me. There's elements of Johnny Cage's story that I <laughs> that really speaks to me, kind of. Oh, like his uh, like I mean, the whole there's a whole thing about he was trained by masters and then he went into the film industry, right? But the films that they show they they list on uh, his bio is Dragon Fist one and two. Uh-huh. Dragon Fist, Dragon Fist is an actual movie, early movie of Jackie Chan's. I figured, yeah, yeah it's called back to something. Um, but then his ending is that he goes back after he wins. He goes back to Hollywood and makes a Mortal Kombat the movie in a yes. bunch of sequels. <laughs> which, which funny enough, which funny enough, after he after he defeats um, Shao Kahn, he goes back to Hollywood and makes Mortal Kombat two, starring yeah. him. That's why I always say, like you know, in Johnny's world, it's not Mortal Kombat; it's Johnny Cage and his amazing friends. It is, yeah, pretty much. He does all these movies that people think are fiction, but they're actually documentaries. Just yes. like we were saying, is is Mortal Kombat ninety five a documentary? It may be so. I like the idea that probably like if Johnny Cage ever made like a Mortal Kombat 2 movie, it would be done in like, you know, in shaky cam, but it would be real life oh, shaky God. cam because I can see Johnny doing something like that. 
It would just be a GoPro footage. Yep, it would. And, pe- and people would be thinking, wow, those special effects are incredible. What's this, like, skull helmet doing with this giant hammer and he's shoulder charging and there's a green afterglow? That's a cool special effect. And Johnny Cage is like, no, it's real. GoPro so. footage of, like, the Coliseum and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I like how, how little is established, but also how much is established at the same time. Like, so much changed between, like, MK1 and 2. Mm. well i mean we'll learn when like i said i i avoided mk2 i wanted to put myself in the mindset of just a kid that just experiences mk1 this is the phenomena it's not the fucking mk movie it's not the mk2 it's just mk1 and i think it, it has a lot of credit to be given it was a phenomena before lawrence Kasanoff and before the sequel any of that shit is it was a monumental game yeah it was a monumental was. game and it started, of course, it trend center started, you know, started the franchise has a lasting impact even to this day. And actually, um, it, and this is actually, I think, a bit unique because it actually has this above Street Fighter, although Street Fighter's kind of remedied this a little bit. It was, it's actually one of the few games where the, the, the very first lineup of cast of characters is still, for the most part, put in almost every single no. game. In like, MK11, like, you can do the, the, the roll call from the song and everybody is accounted for. A techno syndrome song and take the cast list and everybody in the roll call is accounted for in the current most current yep. game. Yep. So yeah, you can. Um, because like even in Street Fighter 1, I forget all the cast of Street Fighter 1, but I know four characters that are in it, well actually five, is Gin, Adon, Sagat, and then you got Ken and Ryu. And those five have been in other Street Fighter games, and Ken and Ryu are pretty much in every Street Fighter game. And so, <laughs> like, and so is Sagat to an extent. But Adon is not, yeah. and nor is Gen. It's not like like these characters came these back, but are. they're not like in even like every single game that you find uh, like all the time. No one even knew who like people like Gen and Adon were until the Alpha series. So, you so know, uh, correct Street- me if I'm wrong. Is Akuma in Street Fighter Two Turbo like from the Super Nintendo? Uh. I- I forget the version. Akuma is like reptile. He's not in every right. version of Street Fighter Two, but he is in uh, he is in versions of it. But I think he's in Super Street Fighter Two Turbo. Because like I, I own that. Movie. I own that on the Super Nintendo. I was playing it last night, and I'm like, like I've owned this game since I was fucking ten. And like, is there a secret character I've never encountered uh, this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah, because if you see Akuma, it well, Akuma's in the intro and some, like in one of the and Street Fighter two alpha or whatever the fuck uh the one where cammy and dj and all them and night and night wolf uh that's Tebow. super street fighter huh yeah that's super street fighter that's not super alpha. street fighter 2 okay yeah super street fighter 2 yeah yeah i have street fighter 2 turbo <laughs> oh that's different yeah yeah, yeah um are, yeah that's different so is there anything else that you want to say before we wrap boy up? yeah we're fucking gone on it for long um there's so much contained in my brain that will come out in future episodes but we're literally at two hours and a half uh two and a half hours i think we've talked a great amount about Mortal Kombat and go play go play the good old games version if you got so uh, yeah. my full confession Che um, yeah. the Sega version is better than the Super Nintendo in certain aspects Super Nintendo has has a better in uh, uh, presentation except when it comes to the endings because like at least the Sega still has like the pictures from the arcade where the Super Nintendo just says your character hop out and they don't do the roll call but uh, the Sega Genesis actually plays pretty fast pretty playable the super nintendo version is like clunky like almost unplayable so i'll give you credit and the suit and the genesis um yeah i was like talking about uh talking to you you seen about you didn't notice the music difference the genesis just like 
there the, the Super Nintendo version has music pretty close to the arcade, but the Genesis just does its own thing because its musical like capabilities are completely different and it's admittedly it's, it's a pretty fucking groovy soundtrack. Um just Google the Sega Genesis Mortal Kombat version. Because the Genesis Genesis versions of a lot of games usually have worse. Usually audio, because right? a lot of people make fun of it for just sounding like farts. And like I think like like some some stages for Mortal Kombat like they completely just did a different thing because they couldn't replicate it. The Super Nintendo right. replicates it, but it's super fady and kind of quiet, where the yeah. Genesis is just like, we're going to do our own thing, and it, it's kind of memorable. Uh, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, the yeah. only the only thing the Genesis doesn't have is, is, is graphically, it's fucking ugly. It's just yeah. jelly bean. I don't know, like, one thing I messed up. Uh, oh. Um, uh, I was just... I was like, I was... One thing that I messed up on... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was just, go, ahead, I was, Jay, go ahead, Jay. Yeah, I was actually just gonna say, like, nah, like, uh, I don't really have anything else, like, on my end to really kind of say about Mortal Kombat One, at least not at this time. I actually had a honestly a crap ton of fun doing research for this uh, podcast because yeah. there's I knew about some of these things in MK One, but I didn't know basically how deep this rabbit hole went in terms of like meta strategy. Um, mechanics and how people actually can do some of these like really like kooky things with all these characters and i can say this playing mk1 and trying some of these out and then figuring them out based on what people who have done like who have done extensive deep dives into this game have been able to find out and being able to replicate that myself even with the terrible version of the game that i have um it has been honestly very rewarding and it's part of the reason why I like fighting games because you can play these old school games and still to this day find new things you didn't know about. These little hidden like tiny gems that just add more charm and replayability to the game because you're always still finding out new stuff and I like and this is part of the reason why I like doing stuff like this. It's just inherently fascinating to me and I cannot wait to do the deep dive on MK2 where I'm sure all of us will have a crap ton of fun because all of us know oh, that oh, game man. pretty well. I, like I said, I've been holding I mean, it off even like touching it. I couldn't. And like I the only to, version I, I like because uh, the only version I mostly played for that one was the Super Nintendo. That's the one I've played the least on arcade. The only time I played it in arcade is when like Yumi and Jay were like a joystick, and then uh, oh yeah, fucking the other one next to Ship and Anchor Jay. Uh, yep. Oh, we played we played it in Chicago too. Oh, yeah, at yeah, the we did. Emporium. When did we play in Chicago? We totally played in Chicago. There was a there was a barcade in uh, Chicago. Are you on sure Wicker, that just Wicker, was at you and Jay? And I was like Wicker a park. at Central uh, fucking park, yeah. park. I think it was me and Jay. Yeah, it was it you and Jay. Me, me and Jay. me and Derek went on our own separate adventure trying to find a cell phone. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't remember playing it there, but I remember playing it in joystick and being like, "Wow, this graphically," because I that's one I never played as a kid in the arcade. Uh, and since I'm mostly used to the Super Nintendo version, which I most recently like. You know, dusted off and was like, "Wow, this is fucking clunky." I can't wait to see how like blown away I am by like the GOG version, which I bought. Um, yeah, that's a, that's the thing that one thing I, oh, I messed up on with what? Okay, uh, my 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 uh, microphone, my headphone jack unplugged. Sir, I'm here. <laughs> okay, um, I'm here. What the, one thing I I messed up on, and I just realized it now. I just looked it up. I actually do have the, the GOG version. Oh. So I should have I should have played the GOG version versus the arcade version to see how it. Well, um, in a future episode, if you want to like do a little anendum and say how different it is, because I'm curious since I read how yeah, somebody was that. like shitting on the the Steam version. Uh, yeah, just play play a fucking ladder with the character you're used to and see if it feels different. Yeah, I'll do that. 
I know that for Mortal Kombat 2, I do not want to play the current version of Mortal Kombat 2 that I have. I want to play a different version of it because I want my experience to be better. But You have the hey, SNES but, mini version, right? Yeah, but I mean, hopefully, like, hey, in the future, when we start doing, like, the research for the MK2 episode, all three of us should be able to hang out again, theoretically, so we can all get together and just play this game because we've done it before, yeah. so... Yeah, I mean, that's hey, all I want can, to do. We can send you the link to the the DOS version on GOG, and you can you can play it on your computer because it's pretty like I mean, it's it's MK two. It's not super intense on your system, so yeah, right, on yeah. your PC. Yeah, I look forward to that. It'll take all so, of yeah. like four hundred megabytes for <laughs> yeah, one, two, and three, three combined. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Well, I don't know if that'll fit on my floppy disk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude, right. the original fucking MS-DOS version of MK1, like, literally came on three diskettes. Like, three oh mini God. floppy disks. I was like, wow. Wow. Back in the day. Yeah. Well, all right, then. Yeah, uh, I, th- I guess we better Josh, cut take it. it away. Yeah, yeah fuck. Away. I-, I thought of something, and then I forgot it. And then I thought of something <laughs> better, but then I want to save it for a different episode. So I'll just say. Why? Okay, you want me to do it? You want me to do it? Yeah. If you won't do it, I'm going to do it. I have one thing. Uh, uh, we we have not uh, come up with a way to to end it with uh, Robin Shu, since we always seem to end with Robin Shu. Uh, but we talked about him earlier this episode, since he was friends of Hosung Peck. So I'm going to tell a different story. This could be a long outro. Can I do it? Yeah, go for it. Go okay. for it. Uh, so it, this is a true story. Uh, not too long ago, um, I had to repair uh, some shoes I was wearing. Uh, my, my Sperry's, my deck shoes I wear. And uh, that's on 7 of Jay. And I went by the shoe repair store, uh, which Jay, you may know, it's in the shopping center, the public shopping center nearby where you live. It's on walking distance. And I walked in there. And this is basically a story about how I, I almost thought I uh, met uh, Kerry Tagawa to end it on him, since we haven't mentioned his name maybe once. So I walked into the shoe place. And this dude behind the counter looks just fucking like Kerry Tagawa. Like, modern Kerry Tagawa, not like like stepped out of Mortal Kombat 95, but like, you know, out of Lost in Space. He's just got, you know, his normal haircut, and he's old. And I'm like, hmm, had to take a step back, and I'm like, whoa, is this... I mean, obviously, Kerry Tagawa's not working at a shoe repair stop, uh, <laughs> shop, so it's just like a different dude. And I'm like, I, I present him my, my deck shoes I want fixed, because like, I use them to pressure wash our deck, and like, they got all like, you know, sprayed, and then they dried in the sun, and they're like all fucked, and like, the soles peeling off, so I wanted to fix them, and he's like, okay, and even his voice kind of sounded like Terry Tagawa, Kerry Tagawa, like, he's like, oh, they'll be ready for you next week, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I was like, I'm still like, dude, is this him? It's not, okay, <laughs> so, uh, and Jay, I never told you, this is when I was living with you, uh, if you know that shoe repair shop, close by your place i never told you about it because i think that was the same day that uh i like blew a flat and i had to go like get a new tire and shit like that like it was just like a big like fuck day week later i go back pick up uh my shoes and they're worse than i i dropped them off like oh. it looked like he had just like thrown them in the back and let his kids play with them because like they had torn <laughs> the bottom of them off and stuff like that though the, the one shoe the whole bottom of the shoe was like fucking torn off and he's like, here you go. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, I'm like looking at the one, like so battered and beaten. And I'm holding up the other one where the whole bottom is torn off. And I'm like, dude, what is the deal with this? And he looks at me, narrows his eyes, and he points at me very pointedly. And he goes, yo, soul is mine. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Anyway, that's my outro. <laughs>
I guess we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Goodbye. Outstanding. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Combat Time Pod. And visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Combat Time Podcast. You can also email us at combattimepodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions you'd like us to answer on the show. See you next time. Mortal Kombat continues. Get over here!